Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redoctable Separate Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriart Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. Yes. Um. I am your host, Nintendo, and with me as always, which is every other week, Parasite Steve. You don't win by being lucky. You win by being bold. Like the great flavors of coffee of Deadly Grounds Coffee? Just like that. Wow. Double plug. (laughs) Plug. Plug. Falcon plug. And of course, 8-Bit Alchemy. Snag, purify, battle, gotta save them all. Save the Pokemans. The Pokemans, <laughs> all gotta those mans. All save those mans. I'm gonna get into some real shit, guys. I'm, I'm gonna get into it, but I'm not gonna jump any guns here. So, you know, right. I'm just gonna keep it in my pocket for now. You're gonna, you're gonna keep your, your guns in your pocket? Guns in my pocket. My guns will not be akimbo. Okay, that's that's good. Oh, my guns will be a nobo. Be a nobo. Cool. All right. So tonight's episode or today's episode or whatever uh, is all about the GameCube. Which is blank. The Nintendo GameCube. Now you're playing with cubes. Super cubes. Ice cubes. Purple cubes. Purple cubes. Or black cubes. Whichever system you you have. Purple pubes? Yeah, no. Uh, Also, also orange cubes. Oh, yes. One of the very few consoles in orange. That's right. Yep. So. So it came in your two favorite colors. I, I want a slice fucking gamecube so bad and what kills me the most is that i don't even own the purple one i have the fucking black gamecube why do i own the black gamecube because you're not when it came in purple and orange what the hell what the fuck (laughs) all all three um solid halloween colors though 
they're wicked great. It's a totally shizzle. spooky system, like mm. legit. Oh shizzle! I mean, it's 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 shaped like a lament configuration. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it is some Hellraiser yeah. shit dropping on you. Yeah, when you solve it, it just the top pops up. No, that's just game. when you hit the eject button, Steve. Oh, that's what I'm. That's what I call it. Oh, I yeah, that's what I call it. You solving oh. the GameCube. Yeah, it's when yeah. You hit the eject. Did button. you have it plugged in? Did you turn it on? Are you did supposed you to? Is it plugged in? Okay, plug it in. Is yeah, it slow? Did you did you reboot? Did you reboot? Did you reboot? <laughs> did you reboot? Us? Joe, so, save us. What are we doing? Save us. T- t- tell us about the GameCube. Yeah, so I figured I was talking. You know, we talk a little bit about the GameCube and uh, you know where it started, and we'll later on we'll talk about some of the games and uh, the Octoponder. We'll uh, we did like a little cool poll on our Facebook group and uh, you guys should totally check that out by the way. Um, yeah, so it's the game isn't, keeps isn't 21st it some birthday. Anim- oh, Ooh, yeah, the 21st? 21st birthday. I thought so. I thought it was birthday. Wow, the GameCube can officially drink. Everybody yes. pour a beer down your GameCube's gullet. <laughs> Don't do I mean, That's I would advice. recommend that, but... <laughs> it deserves <laughs> unless, it. Unless it doesn't work anyways and fine. Whatever. Yeah, right. then it's the game brick. Yeah, so I'm going to read uh, a little bit about the GameCube. Uh, stuff I got from, uh, I will admit, I, I got this stuff from Wikipedia, but I kind of like shortened it a little bit. So I got this from the Library of Congress. Talking about the system and how it works mm-hmm. and all that crap. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be here all night. I, uh, I kind of like want to go to bed not. at some not point. Not the whole night. I'm gonna, I don't want to be here all night. Oh my God. Not for this man. I got GameCubes to play. I only have one GameCubes. How many GameCubes okay. do you have? Well, two more now that I just bought the orange and purple one on eBay. Just now? For a million dollars each. <laughs> I, I just wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> Me too. That's all. Me too. <laughs> all right. So let's get right into it. So the GameCube, right? So it's like Nintendo's sixth home console released in Japan on September 14th, 2001. But here in North America, on November 18th, 2001, that's when it got released here. So, this week, or whenever this episode airs, I'm assuming it's this week. My, <laughs> it's the my week that you're hearing is it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it'll be 21 officially. So, happy birthday, Nintendo GameCube. Definitely one of my, one of my, my favorite consoles. Um uh, it is the successor to the Nintendo 64, which was not a very uh, fantastic console. It oh, has some good games, but eh, you know, whatever it is what, what it is. No, there's definitely fans for it. Um, that came out in 1996. Me. And the predecessor was the Wii, which came out in 2006. Uh, another console that I thoroughly enjoyed. The GameCube was... Uh, was in competition with the PlayStation 2 from Sony and Microsoft's Xbox. Uh, I've never owned either of these systems. Well, I mean, I have a PlayStation 2 now, but I don't use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. I just have it's it. It's just a fancy um, DVD player that you also Yeah, have. yeah. Uh, the flagship games for the system are Super Smash Bros. Melee, Luigi's Mansion, Super Mario Sunshine... Metroid Prime, Mario Kart Double Dash, 
Pikmin 1 and 2, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, which I despise, uh, Chibi Robo, and Animal oh, Crossing. Oh, fuck, I forgot about Chibi Robo. You play as this really small robot that has been purchased by this, you know, family to clean their house. Uh, and basically the deal is it's it's kind of like Toy Story where you play as the little robot and you come to life and you find out that all the different toys and little things in the house talk and, you know, have thoughts and everything and walk around and whatever when the people aren't looking. But you have like certain amount of battery that you can use each day to run around and do different chores and clean up stuff and earn uh, like little chibi robo points and you can use those to upgrade your guy and explore more and more of the house and like as you're doing this this other you know story is unfolding and stuff like that but it's honestly just adorable and really well done and it like it spawned a bunch of games after it like at least three or four and none of them do the same thing that the first one did. I would say none of them even do the same thing that each other do. Like, every game is so different to a fault. I think the the one on the GameCube is awesome, though. Like, I rented it and loved it, and unfortunately now it's, like, super expensive. Yeah, I don't sure. own it, but it's a it's a really great game. I'm glad you mentioned that. That That's, that's an awesome memory. That's like a yes. GameCube exclusive <laughs> game, too. I don't I think it ever got anywhere. I saw that listed on a lot of best uh, games on the system lists when I was looking up games to talk about in this episode, and I also hadn't heard of it. So yeah, cool. it's super cute and fun. Yeah, I really like it. Nice. That's probably why I've never played it. Because at the time, like I was never really into the, the cute, cutesy stuff for gaming. That's fair. So it's kind of like turned off by that. Shit. But hey, I'll, uh, I'd try it now. I mean, yeah. Crap, I mean, I finally started playing Animal Crossing, like, 20 years later. Right. <laughs> I would so... say that, like, if you get anything out of Animal Crossing, like, there's just a level of, like, fun and satisfaction of playing through it. And I think upgrading Chibi-Robo, like, eventually you get, like, a little propeller and you can hover. And there's all these different attachments that you can get to clean up different stuff and go to different parts of the house. Like, it's all just very fun. It, it really yeah. is done well. But, anywho, tangent anywho. over. Neat. Solid tangent. Definitely want to check it out. Uh, So, as far as development goes, it was uh, started by a graphics company called ArtX. They were formed by the former SGI employees who had created the Nintendo 64 and which was later acquired by ATI to produce the GameCube's GPU. It is Nintendo's first console to use optical discs instead of ROM cartridges, which is... Uh, pretty cool. Um, although the the discs for the system were like the, the like really really small, teeny weeny discs. So I don't know. I mean, I I don't know the th- thought process behind all that. Like I don't right, know why they decided to that. do that as yeah, opposed to like regular that. discs, like mm-hmm. the PlayStation, and the uh, Xbox. Uh, did yeah. I just thought that was kind of weird. And uh, they still used uh, uh, two discs if the game was too big. So I, I don't know. It's just really weird. So I know Tales of uh, Symphonia was like that. Yep. It was uh, two discs. And I think Metal Gear Solid was like that as well. Well, a, uh, a quick Google search says that the GameCube game disc uh, 
was small because it was chosen by Nintendo to prevent copyright infringement of its games, reduced, uh. and as well as to reduce manufacturing costs compared to N64 game packs, which that totally makes sense. Yeah. Oh, Going absolutely, from yeah. A Nintendo 64 cartridge down to a small CD is definitely a savings, but it would have been a big savings to go to a normal size disc too, but uh, to avoid licensing fees to the DVD-ROM as well. So I guess it's uh, many reasons. But well, think like a security it, thing. Well, yeah. Well, and yeah. So, so three decent reasons. I mean, yeah, well, you yeah. can't, you couldn't burn a small CD. Who could do that? Right. right. So, like, yeah, I remember back in the day burning Dreamcast games and yep. various uh, you, games on CDs. Uh, and the, and we the did Dreamcast. that with the Turbo. We did that with the Turbo Duo. There were there we were there were ways like people dumped the ROMs and you could like you know get things to work and you could just yeah the, the Dreamcast. Yeah, um, yeah, the, but the, yeah, you could the, never um, do that with a GameCube game. No, no, so you I'm can't save those small CDs. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense actually. Yeah, absolutely, it's cool. And it also gave it like a, a unique, weird factor. True, of, like you know these are GameCube games, which True. is yeah. maybe not their intention, but it's definitely the result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They definitely seemed less flimsy. That's something I always I always felt like when I was yeah you couldn't snap them DVDs oh sure. uh, yeah new, I was always nervous of like certain DVD cases held the DVD like way too tightly and and I would be like oh like scared to get it to come out or even CDs that would happen sometimes just a oh yeah, yeah. and you know yeah. what like, too oh, though why can't I get this out the GameCube <laughs> also had like one of the best cd release actions like when you would put the game in the tray and then you'd go to pop it out like the center of the the cd holder had like this soft press that would actually just like like very very naturally just kind of like squish down and pop the cd right out and it was like never never did i feel you know great about removing a cd especially some of them they hold the cd so friggin tight but mm. um, the the game and you're like definitely... pulling up the sides, right? And so like, the center doesn't want to like, go. Right? It's like yeah, yeah. And you're, yeah. Uh, you like try to lift it up a little bit on each side, so it like it's like you know friggin' yep. trying to change <laughs> yep. a tire. It's <clears> like uh, not the case with the GameCube. So yeah, I mean, that's is that also... what you think changing a tire is like? No. <laughs> Anyway, dead silent. I play Chibi Robo. I don't live in the real world. Okay, I don't clean houses. I digitally Robo house clean. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. Continuing on. So, unlike its competitors, it is solely focused on gaming and does not play mass media like DVD or CDs. The console's succession, 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 of codenames was N2000, StarCube, and Nintendo Advance. On May 12, 1999, the console was first publicly announced at Nintendo's press conference with the codename Dolphin as a successor (laughs) to the N64. I remember the Dolphin. I remember that name. Yeah, I remember Dolphin. I do do not recall the other three at all. Yeah, I imagine those were like inside baseball, big time. Yeah, no way yeah. we heard about that. And, and I, I'm I'm glad they didn't go with Nintendo Advance or the N2000. Well, how fucking mm-hmm. confusing would that have been, right? I mean, you had the Game Boy Advance. Now it's Nintendo right. Advance. Now Nintendo like, Advance. Get, get yeah. The fuck out of here. Yeah. Although Star Cube, I don't know. I like Star Cube. Yeah, Star Cube is pretty good. I think yeah. it's definitely a cool yeah. name. 
it's it's it sounds like something that's actually a MacGuffin thing in Marvel or something. Yeah, the yeah. Star Cube. Right. Oh, right. We, get, we can't let Thanos get his hands on the Star Cube. Oh no. Right. You know that kind of. And right. I feel like the dolphin, as much as I love that name, it just sounds like a Sega system. Oh, way oh, it does wicked Nintendo. bad. I know, and there's no good reason to think that. Yeah, because they it's didn't not have animal names, right? Right. I mean, like all their shows. Atari planets. was <laughs> the jaguar. Right in the links. <laughs> the links. Like, yeah, they just had know. the cats, and then they yeah. they gave all the cat names to Mac operating systems for a while. Right, yeah, they did do that. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, for some reason, but Dolphin definitely like it just sounds like an add-on to the Dreamcast. Like if <laughs> Sega kept doing the weird bullshit they did for the Genesis with the 32X and the Sega oh, CD. Oh yeah, the, like oh, the, yeah. the Dreamcast would have got the Dolphin and it would have yes. been like a fucking add-on that plays vinyl records or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it actually has like Cassette the uh... tapes. It, it has like the, the, the big trumpet, the big trumpet, like the gramophone. <laughs> yeah, they, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like <laughs> bolts onto the back of it. <laughs> what does this do? It makes it look old. Right. It's, it's old it's timey. The dolphin. It's $399. Dolphins have been on the retail. planet for thousands of hundreds of thousands of years. They're old. They're older just than like the gramophone. <laughs> right. By a s- substantial margin. Anyway. Precisely. Anyways. <laughs> This included strategic alliances with IBM to create Dolphin's PowerPC-based CPU, codenamed Gecko, and with Panasonic to create its DVD drive and its own Dolphin-based devices. Nintendo then began providing development kits to game developers such as Rare and Retro Studios. Dolphin-based devices. Dolphin-based devices. Whatever like, the fuck that means. That's pretty much exclusively Dolphin's the animal. Like... What other dolphin? What other devices are dolphin based? Are they made of dolphins? By dolphins? For dolphins? For dolphins? Well, it's for not dolphins. dolphins, Bop. So I don't. Do they think develop so. Dolphins Crossing? I dolphins so. Crossing. There isn't a dolphin character just, in I, Animal Crossing. You think That's there so would weird. be? Why isn't? Hey, Nintendo! What the hell, man? It's like your own legacy, and you're just ignoring. He can show it. up, and then he can he can be named Star Cube. Star Oh my god, yes, that'd be amazing. Mm. I love it. Oh, no, he Starku. Would, there would be a dolphin and just call it Echo. Oh, oh well, Sega would punch them. That would Sega. There's gonna be a throwdown and the, there's gonna be a fight in the in the playground, mm-hmm. yo. At, I mean, they at could at totally do that now. Maybe not back Now that then. they're buddies, yeah. They're like sure. best friends now. Yeah, true. A shizzle. They're like frenemies. They're best frenemies. They're mm-hmm. best of friends. Mm-hmm. Bestest of friends. Now onto the hardware. Howard Chang, technical director of Nintendo Technology Development, said the company's goal was to select a simple RISC or RISC architecture to help speed the development of games by making it easier on software developers. IGN reported that the games was designed from the get-go to attract third-party developers by offering more power at a cheaper price. Nintendo's design document for the console specifies that cost is of utmost importance followed by space. That's really interesting um, because, like, the original Nintendo seemed like they didn't really want other people developing games. Like, they wanted such control. Yeah. Or they wanted other people developing it, but they needed them to buy their cartridge. Like, 
it was very much like you're going to talk to right. daddy Nintendo if you want right. to be on our system. And then people right. are like, no, fuck you. We're going to design a way around the lockout chip. But right. um, yeah, that's that that's is... right. That's right. But so this is interesting. So they like specifically yeah. were trying to get developers to like, you know, I assume to make, you know, unique games that are exclusives. Right. Because yeah. there are a decent amount. On the game, there are. I think, yeah, there. It was, you know, in in a time when the you said the PS2 and the first Xbox, which I always want to call Xbox One because I always call the first thing of anything the the whatever the it one. is one. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, just huge, just pisses huge, me off that there is fucking Xbox such move. a stupid move to call the system. Oh, with the third Xbox system, the Xbox One. Give me a break. <laughs> but the um, but the uh, yeah, those two systems had some unique stuff but they had a lot of the same stuff and then the, the gamecube had some of it too like soul caliber 2 or whatever came out for all three mm-hmm. yeah you know but yeah. there was so many original exclusive games for the gamecube that it did feel like it was more unique than the ps2 ps2 or the xbox in my right. opinion right because it had all the, you had all the nintendo there was so many good nintendo character guys games yeah system. right yeah resident Evil 4 comes to mind yeah because that was at, that when was that game came out first. it was only on the gamecube and then later on it came out on playstation 2 and yep. xbox i think playstation i'm not 2, sure about xbox, I but i know definitely xbox. playstation 2 for sure mm-hmm. and i know they added uh like a new mode or something, and I think the graphics may have been slightly better. I've never actually played it. I've only played the game. Yeah, I do version. think of that as a as a GameCube game though, because it was a while, yeah. wasn't it? Like that, it was exclusive. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, I don't know for how long though. Yeah, a um, few years though. Like, yeah, yeah, long that, enough that a... the PS2 was still uh, relevant, but not <laughs> you know. It's just amazing how short. long the PS2 lasted. Oh yeah. Right. The yeah. longest yeah. living console of all time, I swear. Yeah, well, as we learned on our PS2 episode, it was it was the most successful console of all time. Yeah, but but this so but still crazy. the the GameCube really eked out like its own corner of gaming history with a lot of really memorable games. But so it's just interesting that you know you're saying like that was one of the mission statements for the console was they wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to develop games for it. Like yeah, make it easy, don't make it hard. Right. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, ma- right. Like, make the developers' lives easier. Like, what the fuck? And they're going to do a right. better job. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Hardware partner ArtX's vice president, Greg Bushner, stated that their guiding thought on the console hardware design was to target the developers rather than the players and to look into a crystal ball and discern what's going to allow the Miyamoto sons of the world to develop the best right. games. Right. So that is very true. So, yeah. Yeah, you never know when the next (laughs) Miyamoto's out there, right? I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you never know. You never know. Right. Um, So, onto the reception. The GameCube received mixed reviews following its launch. PC Magazine praised the overall hardware design and quality of games available at launch. CNET gave an average review rating, noting that while the console lacks a few features offered by its competition, it is relatively inexpensive, has a great controller design, which, for me, because for me, I have small hands, I agree. <laughs> um, 
uh, and launch it launched a decent lineup of games, which is also very true. I in later reviews, criticism so mounted against that it could not play movies. Like everyone yeah. was like, it can't play movies. I'm like, you have a fucking DVD player DVD play. for that. Yeah, which... but they're like, well, well, Xbox can play CDs and the PS2 can play movies and CDs, and it's just like, and I have both who of those. Gives a so shit? like, you don't I need, need every thing. single device in your life to play every single thing in your life. Right. It's stupid. It's like you at this point have a fucking DVD player, right? Because you own DVDs, right? So who gives a shit? That the right. like, oh, GameCube right? so the worst. You can't right. play movies on it. It's yeah. like, yeah, uh, cry me a real river. Like right. that's why you. That's why you're. That's why this. you're down on it. Like it's okay. just stupid. Stupid like, console right. bullshit. Like fucking play the games on it. Then right. come up with a you know rational opinion. <laughs> like what the fuck? Um. Anyways, onto that particular subject. Uh, for the uh the criticism, uh. Oh, wait, hold on, wait. In later reviews, criticism mounted against the console, often centering on its overall look and feel, describing it as toyish uh, in the midst of poor sales figures and the <laughs> associated financial harm of, to Nintendo. A Time in International article called the GameCube an unmagitated disaster. Unmitigated disaster. Unmitigated. Yeah, like... Absolute... How exactly is I mean I mean who's really getting game opinions from Time Magazine right like right. people who are thirty years too old to give a shit about the system anyway like mm. anybody who's playing the GameCube is not reading Time Magazine mm. sure like that right. is for the people who know very little are very much <clears throat> arms reach from anything gaming related and right. are just like ah oh, I see that Nintendo thing is a big flop you know it's like okay. I mean, yeah, for you, it wouldn't matter anyway. What are you going right. to Would you have, would you, 55 year old person, have bought a GameCube if I told you that Mario Sunshine was actually more fun than it seemed in the trailers? Like, no, it's pointless. <laughs> right. You know, it's like it's a moot point for them to make anyway. But it, it is, that is, that is true. And it's frustrating to hear stuff like that from people you feel like are just so removed from anybody whose opinion matters like you're not playing this anyway what do you, what right, do you right, or, or not, not but, like who, who who can even form an opinion right it's like you don't even have an, any information right right but it's interesting though you gotta admit like nintendo it must have been a pretty big failure because they really really switched gears and they're like okay yeah. we're not even going to try to keep up with graphical advances at the time at all yeah we're going to yeah. stick with the same level of quality of graphics and make it all about, you know, the, the, we, the play wise, the, the, like the gameplay is different. Mm -hmm. It's going to have a motion control thing and we're yeah. going to make small games that are all yeah. mini type sports games and just little stuff games. Nintendo uh, swung wide with the Wii. And, yeah. And they try to like to pull in people. people who weren't gamers. Like yeah. that was the whole thing with the Wii is they're like, okay, we're going to capture old people. And we're going to capture people who have never played a game and don't care. And, and, you know, now it's not people who are playing hundred hour, you know, JRPGs. It's people who are like picking it up for half an hour and getting a bunch of their friends and like, you know, having people over and we're going to bowl like, yeah, yeah. Right. We bowling and you know, all the sports games and all that stuff. That was such a departure from the rest of the entire 
like gaming universe. All the other systems yeah. just continued on the track that they were on. And Nintendo like completely veered left after this. Yep. So this must have been this this to me always felt like the last Nintendo system that was trying to keep up with everything. Yeah. Which is funny because it was always the Trailblazer. And I think that they realized that the other two systems had surpassed the GameCube mm -hmm. like by a lot. Yeah. And that it probably was the big failure of the three. Yeah. Um, and but then they, uh, you know, they, their gamble ended up being worth it. It would paid off with the Wii. I mean, they they carved their own niche again. So they were a trailblazer again, you know. Right. But yeah. the, the GameCube for me is a system that is a little bit weird. It did feel like a short life. I don't know if it really was or not. I mean, probably compared to the PS2. I think it was like but, five years. Yeah, I want to say. Yeah, because the Wii came out in two thousand and six. Six, yeah. So it was around for five years. Yeah. yeah. So that seems like pretty short to me. Like, yeah. Um, sure. You know, yeah, I mean, for, the PS4 like, has okay, been out for a decade. No... Right. So there you go. But and and I mean, obviously, the Dreamcast was smaller, and the Saturn was probably smaller. Uh, so it's not like the worst failure of all time, but probably yeah. the, but for Nintendo, probably for Nintendo, it was other than the Virtual worst, Boy, yeah. right? Okay, right. But that's the even hard to tell. Well, then the Wii hadn't happened yet, but yeah, yeah two, I mean, two yeah. systems later, at yeah. the time of the GameCube, you know, the Virtual Boy was their biggest flop, which yeah. still has, I think, the smallest library of like any system. Sixteen right. games like, or something oh, like that. Sixteen, yeah. I thought it was like not not even. Yeah, it's like not even twenty. That's so funny. Yeah. 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 Interesting, interesting stuff, but definitely a worthwhile system. And it's it's fun to collect for because there are so many. I mean, in my opinion, the reason to collect for it is mostly the Nintendo titles. Right. They're, they're right. Just yeah. I mean, there, there's some great. really cool third parties that are exclusive to it. But what people are thinking of is your Mario Double Dash, Sunshine, your Zelda's the primes yeah, you know luigi's mansion and luigi's mansion yeah, yeah like for sure there's there's a lot in pikmin that was nintendo right oh yeah i i love pikmin pikmin so awesome. i mean I never but played yeah. it yeah never yeah played yeah animal crossing but yeah yeah good good stuff yeah very cool stuff um i i love the system yeah. i played the crap out of it it's uh my brother got me that system uh, not when it came out. He got it used at, uh, I think it was Funkoland. I think Funkoland was still Oh, Skunkoland yep. yep. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he, like, he really spoiled me, too. Um, he got me the system. Uh, I don't recall if he got me a game for it. But I know he got me the, the Game Boy, uh, player... <laughs> Game Boy Advance player. That okay. thing is so awesome. Yeah, and that thing that is, is worth, worth a lot, like a of, lot money of money, like four hundred bucks. Yeah, just for the yep. disc, right? I I I think for like the whole package, the whole thing, it's like four hundred bucks. But I I have it, but I don't know where the disc is, and that has haunted me for a lot of years. I I like opened up the the Game Boy Player disc a bunch of years ago, and the case was empty, and I'm like. Fuck! Where is the disc? I have no <laughs> idea. <near. laughs> Very sad. Yeah, that sucks. And that that thing was a lot of fun too. Yeah, getting to play Game Boy Advance games on the big screen like that is what I've been wanting the whole friggin' time. You know, since yeah. like Game oh my god, I love Game Boy area area of sorrow. 
Oh yeah, on that. Yeah, that Castlevania was, oh, was awesome. So freaking good. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So freaking good. And I played like some, you know, Pokemon Sapphire on that thing, the Metroid Zero Mission and Metroid Fusion. Uh, and Zero I Mission mean, gets no love. There's so no many love at all. Thick ass games. It's like it doesn't advance games. It's so weird. Yeah. But yeah, that was an awesome peripheral. And I remember yeah. when the GameCube came out with the Game Boy Advance link cable that plugged into the controller slot. Yes. I got it because I yep, thought I that, that was the Game Boy player. Like in my head, I'm like, oh, you connect the Game Boy Advance to the GameCube controller and it just plays it on the TV. Not what it fucking did at all. It just turned no. the Game Boy Advance into a controller mm. and some games could display special stuff onto the Game Boy Advance that way. And there was like certain, like some Pokemon games, I think you could transfer stuff back and forth or whatever. But yeah. I was so disappointed. And then later, the Game Boy Player came out. I'm like, oh, this is what I needed the whole time. <laughs> That's what, what I needed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I had that uh the GBA uh connection thing, and uh, I used it on a Mega Man X Command Mission. Oh, nice! That's a cool game. That's a really cool game. It's a really cool RPG. Um, doesn't get talked about a lot. I would love to see that game come out, uh, get re released. Yeah. With revamped Mega graphics Man, Mega for, Man X. for every system, not just the Switch, but like for every system. Why JRPG, everyone should play it. Battler, like I mean, um, never done that. What what it did was the the Game Boy Advance would turn into a radar, and it would show you where all the the secrets are, where the not secrets are uh, the items. It would show you yeah. like where where hidden items are. That's so cool. So I thought that was really cool. It was really like, it's useful dumb, too. But it's so cool. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, cool. it's simple, it's but fun. it's so cool. It was really useful, and that's all I cared about. Like, yeah, no, that's that, and it, it's fun. It feels like you're in it more. You know, it's right. like you're yeah. like, oh, let me check my PKE meter. Mm-hmm. Check it. <laughs> right. Like, Although oh. ironically, Luigi's Mansion had the Game Boy Horror in it, but there was no way to connect the Game Boy to the GameCube to use your actual Game Boy as the Game Boy Horror, because Luigi's Mansion just came out before this connection thing even happened. So it's so weird. Oh. It's like, in retrospect, you're like, that's such a no-brainer. Like, there's a yeah. Game Boy device in the game, but they right. you, can't, you can't do it. No, it doesn't work. Yeah. No, it doesn't work. Some about. So what are some, some of your uh, memories? Like, like, like overall, like, 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 uh, when you first heard about, it, like, when you first saw what the in-game graphics were going to look like and whatnot. So, I mean, like, I, I distinctly remember. I don't remember. I probably saw like the ads on TV and stuff. But I had this one memory of going to the mall with my dad, which I used to do all the friggin' time. We would like get together on the weekend and um, go to the mall. And I had gone to, I think, an EV Games at that time was still around. And they had a GameCube set up. And like, I was used to seeing like some of the GameCube stands in uh, like Target or Walmart or whatever. And it would just have like, you know, a couple of short demos or, or little movies or whatever. But, you know, at this time in 2001, when this thing was coming out, I was 10. So, you know, nine or 10. And I remember we went into this EV Games and they had a GameCube with Luigi's Mansion running. 
And I was like, you know, I just asked my dad, I was like, hey, you know, do you mind if I if I play this a little bit? And he's like, yeah, sure. Don't, you know, go ahead. And so I, I walked up to it and I started playing it. And then I just kept playing it for a very long time. What seemed like an hour. It's probably it probably wasn't, but it seemed like an hour. And it occurred to me two things. One, I think... I need a GameCube because <laughs> goddamn do I love this Luigi's Mansion so freaking much. Like it was nuts. Like I don't I, on paper I wasn't like crazy excited for the game. Like I was interested in it, but getting to play it and like do all the goofy vacuum cleaner stuff and like going after the ghosts and whatever and and seeing how great it looked, I was like, "Oh my god, I I have to get a GameCube." Like it was just this crazy like like overtaking urge like no system had ever done that and it probably never have since but this just intense need of like oh my god i can't stop thinking about it this is the coolest thing ever and the other thing that occurred to me was they just put the full luigi's mansion game in this store demo model of the gamecube because i played so much like i beat like a few bosses i kept going i'm like there's no way this is a demo this isn't the demo like i know i was only 10 but i knew at the time i'm like i know how demos work like they're short they're you know you only get to play for like 10 20 minutes i'm like i mean you were only 10 you were you were dumb but you weren't you weren't (laughs) that stupid i mean god (laughs) so i was definitely convinced i'm like holy shit this is just the actual luigi's mansion game i'm 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 just going to see how far I could get. This is just the actual fuck. (laughs) This is just the actual fuck. I'll see how far I can get until dad says, we literally need to go. I've been here for 10 hours. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, so that was like such a funny and like great memory of the launch of that system. And I mean, yeah, that that's all I really thought about was, was Luigi's (laughs) mansion. And it was, uh, you know, a great game. Yeah, super great game, and I know a lot of people that love that game who aren't even oh, super yeah. big into playing through video games. Period. But like so many mm-hmm. random friends that I've had are like, "Oh man, I love Luigi's Mansion," and like oh, I don't, yeah. I don't ever hear them talk about games at all. I never got to play the sequel, but I love Luigi's Mansion. I, I um, that was the game I was the most excited for by f- far, and it impressed the absolute hell out of me. Like the physics of like the cloth when you would, you know, use your yep. vacuum cleaner and it would suck up the curtains or something and, you know, yeah. the way it would flap and and then connect to your vacuum cleaner and you could move around. I mean, that was, like, mind-blowing to me. I had never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I have always been a Luigi fan. He's my favorite Mario guy. He's just my fave. Um, I think originally I just liked him because you know, my favorite color was green and I just gravitated towards that. And then it was like, anytime you can be any character in like a Mario, like a card or something like that, or anytime you can, you know, choose your Mario guy, I'm always Luigi. And I don't know. I just, I just dig Luigi. I think he's great. Yeah. And uh, this was, you know, not Luigi's first game. Cause technically Mario's missing is a thing, <laughs> uh, which I uh, did right. actually yes, play through on a rent. Um, and Mario's and the, time machine way back in the day. Yep. I remember. Um, <laughs> but this was like, oh my God, this is Luigi's system because this, this game was the Mario 64 of the system. This was yeah. the flagship Mario quote unquote title 
that came out at launch and it at was launch, it yeah. was a single player uh you know one not not a you couldn't choose different characters this was just this was the mario game but it was a luigi game and not only that holy crap it was horror themed i'm yeah. like are you kidding me this is the greatest thing i mean sure you know luigi's scared of everything and that's kind of his his deal but um you know i think it just it just is so, so there's so much charm there yeah. with how he's just walking around you know just so scared and, uh, just he's so scared to open the next yeah. door and, and the, the creepy music yeah i i i love this game i i i think it's i think it's a a great game and i think it's one of the better single player player mario games like that gets much less credit i think i think it probably gets less credit because you know it's a smaller game it's a different type of game it all takes yeah. place in one mansion you know you're not going into crazy levels and um you right. know for sure it's, stars or right you know you're not going stuff. oh one one level's the desert one's an underwater cavern one's you know the snow place like sure okay yeah this is much smaller it's all just in and around this spooky mansion um, but it really made you think and puzzle solve in ways that no other Mario game does, which is why I really feel like it, it truly feels like its own thing so much. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, it and it was, it was not, it was not super easy. I, I, I was very stuck at certain parts and actually, um, a really cherished memory I have with Luigi's mansion is this was the first system when I met um mrs parasite back when we were dating this was the like current system and she had it and she had um wind waker and she had luigi's mansion so like i mean my my oldest my my oldest Haley is is my stepdaughter and so i'm i met her when she was four and i think maybe when she was like had just recently turned six was like when she kind of started to try playing video games. And this was a game that I remember all of us playing and trying to get further in. And it was, it was hard. Like I remember, I remember being really stuck at a few parts because you're trying to like get the ghosts to come out so you can like bust them. And they're yeah. not all obvious that really right. is a lot of like puzzle solving stuff yeah, so. good amount of puzzles for like yeah. the starting of each fight you know it's like yeah. you might get to the place where the big ghost is but you got to do something special to to get access yeah. to it very cool right. very cool game I, this is a game that i would love to play again uh i it's been so long and i would like to try it again i think i think it would still be fun yeah. yeah i've never actually played it but i've heard a lot of good things about it yeah. yeah, definitely give it a shot if you uh, if you have the option. I want to say I I could be wrong, but they released a, a bunch of uh, new play control or new play style games on the Wii, and they were mostly all GameCube games that had you know the ability to use the the motion controls. And I think they did that for Luigi's Mansion, but I could be completely wrong. I know they sure. did it for Pikmin and Metroid Prime, and like. I feel like there was another one in there, um, but I don't know. It's like some of these games now, retro game collecting is so difficult to do now that it's it's just, I don't know. It's like, what's the best way to play these things? Like, it's right. not a great way to recommend to, to trying them out. Yeah. yeah, and we've we've talked about the like the DS a lot of times and the 
mm-hmm. 3DS and how it's yep. like very tough to play those games. Right. Have to have having that original system. system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So it's about that time. They're going to take a short break. But before we do that, we have something to ponder. Hmm. What are we pondering this week? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you that Octoponder. That Octoponder is, what is your favorite franchise that started on the GameCube? So why don't you guys think about that while we go on a short break. Hello. And welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's what the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideout. Cinema with Harrison Smith. Dorks the Podcast. The Dorkening. Black and White Fright. The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award-nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors, and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got the touch. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo ponder this. Welcome back, everyone. Before we took that break, we asked you. Fabulous people out there. What is your favorite franchise that started on the GameCube? Now, what we did this week was we had a, a little poll of uh, franchises that started in the system. And uh, there's a few of you who uh, participated, so thank you very much. And there's also uh, quite a few comments that I will read off after. Uh, so, starting off with the lowest percentage... Uh, that would be Super Mario Strikers at 4%. Then, uh, tied for 8%, you have Animal Crossing and WWE Day of Reckoning, which at, I did not know that was a series um, until recently. Um, then Here comes at, Reckoning Day. Mm. <laughs> and also, this is a three-way tie now. Uh, at 10%, you have Beautiful Joe. Pikmin and Baton Ka- Katos, if I'm saying Baton that correctly. Kaitos. 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 So I, I ha- I've never played that one, but I played Beautiful Joe. And it looks uh, like 
It looks like Baton Kaitos would be right up your alley, man. Yeah, I definitely want Baton to try. I, did, is, I looked it up. It did look like a lot of fun. It's it's sweet. It's like the lo- the lost game of like the Square Soft game. I mean, it's not made by Square Soft, but like it's the lost era where all the backgrounds were pre-rendered and then the characters are moving around on the screen very like Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, Chrono Cross, like those PlayStation 1 aesthetics, but yes. with, you know, better graphics because it was on the GameCube. Right. Um, yeah, Baden Kaidos is really cool. Uh, it's also got the composer of fine series such as Star Ocean, Valkyrie Profile, and the Tales of Games, Motoi Just Sakuraba. Name a few. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a cool game. Hmm, yeah. Nice. Definitely want to. There's two. Of them. It There's out. two in the series. Nice. And at 22, percent we have Luigi's Mansion, which we we're just talking about earlier. And number one, which is at 28, percent that is Metroid Prime. Ooh. Prime. People love Prime. that Prime. They love that Prime. Yeah. All right. Really so thank Prime you guys love. so much. That was like 28 votes all together. So that's really cool. Thank you guys yeah. so much for that. Um, now I'll go on to the, the comments. Uh, Jason Gervals says Baton Kaitos. Uh, he didn't, that's all he said. Uh, I think it's true. I think it's Gervais. Is it? I, I, I don't know. Sorry if I said your name wrong. I'm a piece <laughs> of shit. Uh, <laughs> Andrea Rose says Pikmin, one of my favorite franchises. I just wish there was more games. Yeah. Well, you're in luck because it's three of them. And I think they're coming out with the fourth right? one. There's a, yes. They're coming out with the fourth one? Yep. Nice. Well, there you go. Not, now you have four. Four games to play. Technically five if you count Hey Pikmin, which nobody does because it's... Nobody counts it. <laughs> nobody, nobody gets a it's, fuck. It's a, it's a side-scrolling platform. It's nothing like Pikmin. It's just like, what the fuck is this? But, I mean, it's... I'll be honest. I kind of like it, but nobody counts. It. <laughs> <laughs> nobody counts it. But it's like they made Pikmin a side scroller, and everyone's like, "Fuck this game!" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, fuck this game, I guess." And then it's like five dollars in the bargain bin. And I'm like, "Well, I'll try it." And I try it. I'm like, oh, "Well, I'm Poe. Kind of I'm Poe, so I will. I ain't too proud to pick. I'm Chan <laughs> man. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Moving on. Jennifer Garcia, aka J Love eighty one. Uh, she says Luigi's Mansion. She could not vote for whatever reason. She was having problems, and I did try to vote as well, and it didn't work for me either. I don't know if it was a, a Facebook app thing or what, but uh, I apologize if you could not vote. But thank you to the, to the ones who were able to do so. Hmm. Um, Stephen Christina Jr. says uh, uh, WWE. Uh, the uh, the the day of reckoning. reckoning. Day, day of uh, let's see. Brandon Mark Power says, "Beautiful Joe, henshin a go go baby." Yes, <laughs> that was the thing love, he said. Love that game. <laughs> that <laughs> was a thing he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, know what the hell it is, but okay. Uh, yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. I did say that. Uh, we'll, Chris, go with it. Chris Philbrook says Metroid. That was it. He was really the excited. The original for the Metroid. NES. It's not on the GameCube, man. Hmm. I think he right. probably meant Prom. 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 But Prom. But Prime. Ironhide. Prom. Prom. 
Tim Bart says, I never owned a GameCube. My newest console is an N64. You poor bastard. However, I have fond memories of playing Super Smash Brothers with friends in college. Well, there you go. You don't have to own one to, to appreciate the system. That's Man, much true. respect for your newest console being an N64. You have so much self-control. Right? Shit. Like, holy you. crap. You must actually well, like, get behind. shit done. Well, the dude, behind. the dude, like, Writes dragon books and like bangs out actual armor. I mean, like, and he's yeah, a dad, like, so, like I know, said, he so might actually time. get real shit done. So, yeah. good for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Probably big yeah. help being a real human. Justin Cooper says he says that he voted and then saw Ben Katos. Nice. So I don't quite know. I don't know what I didn't know what he Did meant by it. So, I asked him what Did he voted for. And then he goes, Chrono Cross. And he goes, just joshing, batting Kaitos. <laughs> oh, he's such a josher. Oh, oh Joshua. Uh, <laughs> such a Joshua. Oh, he got me good, too. Because I'm like, Chrono Cross, no. I'm like, oh, wait, that's PlayStation. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, you Josh and you son bastard. Me. You Josh and son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now you're uh, joshing with the son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now you're joshing, joshing with a son of a, a bitch. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Okay. Continue, please. Nazareth. Uh, Nick Par Particles. I can't pronounce his last name. I apologize if I said your last name wrong. Uh, Eternal Darkness. Oh, that's Nick Pericles. Pericles. One of my per only actual Pericles. real person friends who, who comments on our stuff. I, 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 I never actually pronounced... read his name out loud. No, it, should, so. be, it should be it should be particles from now on. I yeah, yeah, I'll call him particles. Tremendously Nick, wrong every Nick episode. Particles, yeah. oh, sorry, particles. Nick. That's that's your new name. It's been decided. <laughs> it's okay. Pericles is like a cool ass Greek name. It it's is. like you say it like a fucking cool ass Greek. Yeah, thing. you sound like yeah. You're gonna go cut off the head of a minotaur and use it against a gorgon by shoving it up her her poop chute. More like changing the tires on a Mazda Miata and then riding into the sunset. That's more Nick's speed. Are we but, back know, on hey, uh, changing tires, are we? Look, okay, it's just a thing I know a lot about. Right. Nazareth. <laughs> Nazareth. <laughs> that's all. That <laughs> yeah. So Nick Perry. Jason Lewis says, don't know where it started, but Super Smash Brothers was my go-to on the cube. That was actually on uh, N64, so it did not come out on the GameCube. Was did not well, Super Smash Bros. Was... Melee did, but yeah, I mean, I, was I think people were mixed up on what morning. the question was. So the question was franchises that started on the GameCube. So Smash Bros. Right. did not start on the GameCube, but if you love Super Smash Bros. Melee, cool. Cool, yeah, right. awesome. For shizzle. Uh, Miranda Dalzovo says, Tales of Symphonia, yes! 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 Well, the Tales series started before Symphonia. That was the first true Western release, which she is not wrong. Of course she's not wrong. I she mean, everything there was about like, everything. There was like three on the PlayStation, but like nobody played those. But they came mm. out here. Right. No, uh, The first one started on the uh, Super Famicom. Right, but that didn't come out here. But I'm saying, oh, if we're talking about didn't. Tales games in the West, there was yes. Tales of Destiny 1 and 2 on the PlayStation. Right. Right. Was Tales of Symphonia the original? No. No. No, no, wait, wait, what was it? 
Okay, Tales no, of Fantasia. I, I, t- Fantasia. Tales yeah, of Fantasia. Famicom one. Yeah, that's okay. Tales yeah. of Fantasia okay. got re-released on the GameCube Advanced. That's right. the game with the crimey chase and the nice camembert. Bear. Nice camembert. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. Everything I like that great. game though. Everything. I, like great. I never wonderful. played the the Destiny ones though. Those are cool. <clears throat> Those are very cool. I got to play a good amount of Tales of Destiny two on the PSP, but um, yeah, they they're really rare they're super hard to come by i mean they they came out here it's just they got like no release and i guess probably hardly anyone bought them so they're super expensive and yada yada same story yeah different game right all right so thank you guys so much for your participation in this week's octoponder that was really cool and uh now we are moving forward with the episode moving right along moving right along I right just want to say that I'm I'm very thankful for Animal Crossing starting on GameCube because I must say that uh, Nintendo had some great ad campaigns during like the N64 and GameCube era. Like everyone remembers the original Smash Bros ad for the N64. The Animal Crossing ad for the GameCube really sticks out in my mind, and I remember seeing it constantly and just going, "This game looks so freaking stupid." And why are the graphics so bad? <laughs> this looks like a fucking N64 game. Turns out it was an N64 game. They ported it to the GameCube, um, but it was 100% an N64 game. But I saw these ads so goddamn much as a kid that eventually I just went to the store with my mom and we rented it. And I brought it home and I played it. And I went, I can't fucking believe this. I, I really like this. I'm, I'm having a great time. God damn it! I'm having a great time. Why? Simple and and peaceful and easy. And it was like, oh, but you can like go around and talk to the villagers and help people out and go to the store and decorate your house and go fishing and all this other shit. And and the music was a bop. It's so good. Every every hour of the day had a completely unique song. And then you also would get the songs from KK Slider. And you go all me way on that way on me way every Saturday, and it was just like, why is this work? Why do I like this? And honestly, why else, is this work? Nobody it's because else it is I was work. friends with played the game, um, but yeah, it's all thanks to those friggin' commercials. I was just seeing them constantly that I ever tried it. Uh, I gotta go yeah. look up the commercial after this. It, I I remember they were like you know. Welcome to the town of Animal Crossing, where you can make your own world. You can do whatever you want. The game keeps playing even when you're not. And it's like super like malaise, like, oh, I could give a fuck. But like it was the all the costumes in the in the commercial were the characters from Animal Crossing. And they were like these big ass, like, you know, super, super huge head, but like just going about normal everyday life in the real world um and i don't know it was just like it was very memorable and they would show like little snippets of gameplay and i'm just like man they're they're pushing this so hard like what is there to this game that i am not seeing and so i i just was like i've always been a person who's wanted to do their due diligence with shit like i judge stuff after i've really gotten a chance to like like check it out and I'm like, okay, I have to at least see, is this bullshit? And it was not. I, mm. <laughs> I played every stupid Animal Crossing game since and have loved every minute of it. They're just fun. They're like video therapy, if anybody knows 
like who plays Animal Crossing knows what I mean. Like it just makes you calm. It it calms you down. <laughs> it's calming. Mm. It's nice. Yeah. But anyway, really nice. I have to really have to nice. give that shout out to the franchise starting on GameCube uh, yeah. for us in the in the states anyway. Yeah. I'm glad. I, no, I'm glad you did. I'm I had to. Did because I had to. Dumb, dumb, and I got ahead of myself. So, so before we move on, we're still we're going to stick with the Octopana for now. So, since Tim gave us his, you know, his favorite franchise starter for you know the N sixty. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, GameCube. No, you're right. It is the N sixty four. They're it lying was- to us. <laughs> they fucking lied. Bastard. God damn it! So, Parasite Steve, tell us what is your favorite franchise? Uh, I mean, I well, I voted for Luigi's Mansion, but I think I've already said everything I could say about it. But yeah, I voted Luigi's Mansion, but I assumed that Prime was gonna take the take the gold on this. That's fair, and yeah, it did. That is fair. That's fair. That's yep. totally fair. Nice. Um, I'm gonna have to uh, for me. Uh, probably Beautiful Joe, because I thought it was a, or is, a unique game. It's like a side-scrolling beat-em-up, but uh, it's kind of like you're playing in a movie, and you you learn moves, like you have the fast-forward function, or you have the rewind function, uh, and then you have like other power-ups that, that's like like movie-based or something. Kind of like, like, like you're controlling a, uh, like a VCR. Or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, it was really interesting, and uh, I played the crap out of it. I could never beat it. I got. I think I got to the to the last boss, and he just whipped my ass every single time, no matter what I did. Um, but it was a really cool game. I really enjoyed it. Um, I highly recommend other people to play it as well. I've never played the second one. I don't think I have it. I have the first one, but I don't think I have the second one. But uh, that would be my pick. Beautiful nice. show. I, you know, despite, I mean, I don't know, this is despite the right word. Regardless of it having your name in the title, uh, See, that's probably I, why I picked it. I, I do always think of this game related to you because the first and only time I ever got to play this game was at your house, Joe. I remember coming over one random day, like, I feel like I was like after school or something and I came yeah. over because like everyone who listens for a long time knows I'm, I'm much younger than, than Steve and Joe. So I had gone over one day after school, I remember, and I think you had just gotten it or were playing it, but I definitely like, I, I like mentally have linked beautiful Joe with you, regardless of the fact that Joe is part of the name. Like it has nothing to do with that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it's a neat game. I always meant to, to try it, but I just never really had. I never owned it. And I never yeah. rented it. Yeah. What, what was really cool is like, uh, depending on like, like if you're like rewind. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't rewind. It was slow motion. Slow oh. motion was one of the the moves. Okay. So what that would do is, yeah, you, you moved slower, and you were able to like dodge projectiles or like uh, melee attacks. Um, kind of do like the whole matrix thing, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but when you attacked, your your hits were like more powerful, and there is a uh, a fast forward function or or times two speed or whatever it was. Um, you were much faster than everyone else on the screen, and it would have this really cool effect of like a 
like 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 you're fast forwarding your VHS. You see like the lines going across and everything, yeah. and your character's going like a, no, a million miles an hour. And uh, but the only problem with that is your attacks are weaker, but you can move a lot faster. You can zip through a level. Not I wouldn't say a whole level, but I mean you can go pretty fast for a certain amount of time, uh, depending on uh, how long your your FX gauge is. They call mm-hmm. it the FX gauge. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. Mm. It was really neat. It is neat. <clears throat> I think it's one of the earliest games from Platinum, right? Like, I mean, I know Capcom oh, had their name on it, but I think it was Platinum Games who, like, has gone on to do Bayonetta and Wonderful 101 and just a shit ton of games now that are yeah. known for, like, being really good action games. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Pretty nice. cool. Really, really cool game. Really, really um, fun. It's one of those weird ones that just escaped me. I don't know. I just never, never. Really yeah, you know, I kind of feel like I'm the only one of any everyone else that I knew who had a GameCube. I was like the only one who, who had the game. This is really weird. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I never met anyone else who had it. But really, really odd. It's very cool. But yeah, yeah. So those were our picks. <laughs> so for those of you who still want to participate you can still tell us what you think about this week's Octoponder uh, which was what was your favorite franchise that started on the GameCube and you can reach us uh, at our incredible Facebook group or on Twitter which is at Redoctopus or you can always email us at Redoctopus at gmail.com and please if you like what we're doing leave us a little review that would mean so much to us or give us a rating on our host site, which is at Pinecast Retroid Octopus. We would love to hear from you guys, and uh, thank you again for all those amazing ponderings. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Mm-hmm. Meat and potatoes round two. Mm, yes. I'm so hungry. Meat and potatoes. So now we're going to talk about uh, you know a couple games per person. You know, like games that yep. you know we enjoyed. On the system, the games that really stood out for us and spotlight know. action. I yeah. love it. That's what yeah. I do best. That's let's let's just do that, okay? That sounds like a good idea, I think. I love it. I love that. So love I'll that. start off with Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes. Ooh. Sounds really gay. Oh my god, Twin Snakes! <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, just, think about. <laughs> just think about now it. you have to think about no now now you've now you've added connotation that wasn't there before so yeah <laughs> no i get it now you gotta <laughs> i get it i'm sure other sick individuals like myself got it too probably anyway seriously though i love metal gear solid the twin snakes it is so good it's a uh it's a remake of the original Metal Gear Solid, which came out on the PlayStation 1, which was also an awesome game. But what's cool about this one was not only the updated graphics, but they had the same exact voice actors and actresses from the first one reprise the roles for this one. Uh, this is also a GameCube exclusive. Hmm. like It's only on the GameCube. So that's cool. And it's the only Metal Gear game on the system. That's super cool. Um, they have some uh, extra features, like um, like in Metal Gear Solid 2 for the PS2, there was that, that function where you can do like a first-person type view 
when you're trying to like view stuff or whatever. Uh, they kind of added that function um, in this game, which I thought was really neat. Um, there was like more story. Um, there's so many cool things about this game. I just, I absolutely love it. It's so, so good. And it's one of those games where I don't mind that there's more movie than right. gameplay. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you it was just done get well. way into the, the story, you know? And that's, yeah, that's... it was really good. It, was, it really felt like you were playing a movie, and it was just really, really good. It was done really well. Um, although I've never really uh, played the games after that. Like, I've never played Metal Gear Solid 2, except for that demo that one time, um, which was okay. Um, never played 3 or 4 or 5 or... The zombie one that came out Survive. on the PS5. Survive or whatever that is. So I just kind of like lost interest. And I did watch some uh, gameplay or uh, long plays of, of those games. And it's just like, I don't know. Too much movie. Not enough playing. Mm. Uh, way, way more than on Twin Snakes. And I don't know. That's kind of like a turn off. I think Mel, uh, Twin Snakes or even the original, was they, they did just right. They just yeah. right amount of movie, right amount of gameplay, and it is just so good. It's a solid game from start to finish. <clears throat> yeah, I've never got a chance to play that remake, but I did play the original on the PlayStation, and I've played the Metal Gear Solid 2 on the PS2. And I yeah. mean, it's just so strange that Twin Snakes came out on the GameCube. And it's only just the GameCube. really weird. Like, it kind of just doesn't make sense that that, that it did in that way it's like right you would wow. think it would be a, be playstation 2 yeah because the entire franchise after metal gear solid was on playstation right and like sony consoles so i mean other than the original metal gear and snake's revenge being on the nes like they were never on gamecube so it's so or you know nintendo stuff so it's like wow that's such a random blip that like this really good remake of the first game only is on uh gamecube so it's so weird. Right, right. I mean, the only other time Metal Gear was in a Nintendo lineup was the original NES. It was the first yeah. two games on the NES. And right. Obviously, before that, uh, before that was the uh, MSX. Right. Which I guess were considered the, the real Metal Gear games, not the ones for the uh, NES. Yes. Yeah, the um, NES were the ports. Yeah. Um, which, I guess, apparently not a lot of people like those games, but uh, I don't know. I... I love uh, Snake's Revenge. Yeah, like uh, them for what they are, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, inferior, yeah, sure. I mean, but like tough. they're as their own thing, you know. Yeah, cool. I mean, they're tough for sure. Definitely not for everyone, but I, I enjoyed it for what they were. Um, so yeah, that is basically my pick. Nice. So, hey, nice. Bill, me. What do you got? Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I have chosen two RPGs. Uh, I will present you one of them. Uh, as you may or may not know, if you've been paying attention to my brand, I like RPGs. I mention these mm. a lot. Um, I, have, I have heard that. On, word is, on the street. The street knows. The street. And so shall you as well. Uh, so the game in question that I will start talking about is Pokemon Coliseum. Because if you've also been paying attention to my brand, I really like Pokemon. Okay, So you know now two things about me that you maybe knew or didn't know before. I like RPGs and I like Pokemon. Some might say, aren't those the same thing? And to some of you, I'd say, kind of. But Pokemon Coliseum was, in fact, an RPG for the GameCube, developed by Genius Sonority 
and released in 2004 for the GameCube Nintendo console. Uh, this was the first ever full-fledged console RPG for the Pokemon series. Now, these games were relegated to handhelds, to Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and then after the release of Colosseum, they would be on the DS, the 3DS. I mean, it took until the the most recent generation of Pokemon games to be on the Switch. Like, they've always just been handheld. And as fun as they are as handheld games, it was really frustrating to never have a Pokemon game that was, like, really a, a, an RPG to sink your teeth into on the home console. The best thing we got was Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 and Pokemon Snap on the N64, which were cool and fun in their own ways, but Pokemon Stadium was relatively thin. All you had was battling. There was no adventure. There's no exploring or anything. It's just selecting through menus and then doing battles. And then Pokemon Snap is amazing, but it's just such a different thing, taking pictures and everything. So Pokemon Coliseum lit my fucking world on fire i mean i could not be more excited about anything i was i was 13 when it came out and i mean i legitimately didn't know what the hell to do with myself until the game came out so i made a powerpoint about the game and just yeah, sometimes you just don't know what to do with your energy as a kid you're right. like I don't like, ah! or or I could like what do you do? It's like right. I'm gonna make PowerPoint. Ugh, I'm like I need to channel show. this into something. So I yeah. just like you know made a fucking PowerPoint and and presented to nobody because I didn't fucking show anybody this. Like I just made this PowerPoint as a thing to be like excited about, and then I would click through it and oh, laugh. So Dr. Matteo went through a, a serious phase where she was making PowerPoint presentations of just random shit like puppies that she liked and just random cute baby animals and just random stuff that uh, she she would sit us down and we had to watch. <laughs> See, I don't want anyone to watch it. Though. That was during pandemic, too. And like, yeah, know, well, okay. That's, that's fair, too. Um, but yeah, no, I made this and I didn't want anyone to really see it. I was just like, <laughs> I just want to make this. So I made it uh, and I was very excited, uh, yeah. needless to say. So uh, to get to the game, uh, it takes place in the desert region of Orr. O-R-R-E, and it is visually based on Arizona and has a very Mad Max feel. Um, but the designers used Arizona and Phoenix specifically as design reference for everything in the game, um, which is super different from like all the you know forests and villages and like cutesy shit that's in all the other ones. Um, you play as a character named Wes, who is a defected member of the evil team Snag'em. Uh, you know, they can't make it too dark, yeah. right? Like, they really were trying to make it dark. They're like, ooh, Mad Max. Ooh, he was part of the bad guys. Ooh, what were their names? Team Snag'em. Snag'em. Uh, so the evil team Snag'em, who uh, he left their ranks after they revealed themselves to be Pokemon kidnappers and abusers. Um, so he said, fuck that shit. Uh, and he uh, took their patented device. Team Snagum had a special device that allowed the wielder to steal other people's Pokemon for their own gasp. Shock. Gasp. They, uh, they, they made this device. And so the game cold starts with your character breaking into the facility, stealing the device, and then blowing a hole open in the wall and riding his motorcycle into the sunset like it's cool as shit 
Like, honestly, there's no Pokemon game that ever went for this, like, attitude at all. Right. And so it's very, very different and cool. And so he he busts out of there. He rides his huge motorcycle uh, off onto this outpost. And um, you're kind of just like watching a news report that's that's broadcasting about what you just did. But they don't know what happened. They're like, oh, this building was, you know, sabotaged and yada, yada. And there's, you know, a fire and all this other shit. And you're just watching it, like trying to get out of Dodge. Um, and you eventually go to a city nearby and you meet this girl... Uh, who has the ability to see shadow Pokemon uh, and shadow. And she's actually being attacked by members of team Snagum. They're trying to, they're trying to get her, you know, whatever to, to be on their side and uh, basically just trying to abduct her. So you rescue her. She comes along with you for the whole game. And the way that the game plays is like, you have her with you when you're, when you're going through the game and fighting different trainers, she will like when, when a shadow Pokemon comes out, for those you know who aren't sure, Shadow Pokemon are like they've been like abused, they've been treated badly, they oh. have all this like purpley dark energy coming off of them, and so you are able to tell which Pokemon these are because of your partner Rui, and then you can use the the Snagum device that you stole to steal those neglected Pokemon from them and try to help them like remediate them so the more you use them in battle the more that you fight with them the more that you heal them you'll kind of purify them they have a darkness gauge and the darkness gauge will eventually work its way all the way down and once it's at the bottom you can purify that pokemon and they will lose all that dark energy they'll get a lot stronger and they'll um they'll unlock a new move that was previously uh, a shadow move and whenever you use the shadow move, it's like it's really strong, but it always hurts the user. So when you purify them, it gets rid of this shadow tackle move and you get whatever their their fourth move is supposed to be. Uh, so that process is actually really cool. It's really fun and different and it feels great to do. And, you know, you'll come across these different shadow Pokemon and, and saving them and stuff like that. Uh, the game is very hard for a Pokemon game. I think it's one of the few games where like right out the gate, you know, some of the trainers that you fight are are pretty challenging. I, like you don't start with all your guys at level one, like you start with your guys all at like level 30 or 40. So everything is, you know, pretty like established and, and difficult. Um, there's no random Pokemon fights. You don't walk through the grass and run into wild Pokemon. You just have a story. You know, the game is telling you this narrative of, of everything going on with these characters and, and this evil corporation that you, you, you know, find out more about. And um, yeah, so you just, and it's just trainer battles. Uh, if you find a trainer who had a Pokemon you wanted to catch and you accidentally killed it, or, you know, weren't able to, you ran out of Pokeballs. You can always re-challenge every trainer in the game, which is worth saying because in most Pokemon games, especially those at the time, once you fought a trainer once, they they were done. You, would, you wouldn't fight them again. So this was one of the first games that allowed you to just rematch any trainer anywhere, um, which is really fun. And then uh, the other thing that I think is, is worth mentioning is that when you pre-ordered this game, it came with a bonus disc that had like a trailer for an upcoming movie and, uh, you know, a, a little bit more footage of the game itself and all this other stuff. But uh, it was a it was a game disc that you put in your GameCube. Uh, but the main cool thing about it was you could actually use it to get a unique legendary Pokemon that was never released before 
for Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire on the Game Boy Advance. That Pokemon was called Jirachi, and he was the Wishmaker Pokemon. And uh, it was really neat because you could download it to anyone's copy of Pokemon. It wasn't like you only got one one Jirachi to get. Like if your friends wanted to give you their game, oh, you, became you could download a Jirachi Dispensary. Oh hell yeah! It created a severe supply and demand dichotomy between you and your pals. And I'll tell you what. I was able to get me a Groudon <laughs> from Pokemon Ruby because I told my friend, hey, I have this Jirachi disc. I can put Jirachi in your game. And he's like, oh my god, that's amazing. That's the coolest thing ever. I'll trade you my Groudon for it. And I was like, really? Are you sure? I can make like a million of these Jirachis. It's not a big deal. He's like, no, man. I'm going to trade you this Groudon for it. So that's, that's Here's the what's cool gonna story. Happen. Here's what's right, going I'm down. I'm, let me explain it to you. I'm going to trade you this Groudon. That's it. And I'm like, dude, okay, perfect. I mean, I need to get, I need to catch them all. So this is how I do it. Uh, so that was really neat. And then uh, the 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 final note that I'll leave you is actually related to the soundtrack. Um, so the game features a very jazz forward soundtrack composed by Sukasa Tawada. There are tons of just like jazzy, you know, cool beats Jeffs. that you don't see anywhere else. Jazzy Jeffs, all the DJs and. Um, uh Sukasa Tawada also composed music for a few random games. Honestly, probably most you don't know, but he did compose for Maniac Mansion on the Famicom, uh Earth Defense Force Wampum, which is like a Native American themed like Mega Man game for the NES, as well as KO Flying Squadron 1 and 2. Uh, oh yeah, I remember he's, those. I he's done some them. games. Uh he also went on yeah. to do a bunch of random like Pokemon soundtracks as well, not not like the main uh, games. That those are by Go Ichinose, but like other spin-off Pokemon games, he did a bunch of work for. But uh, yeah, it it got a sequel later on called Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. It is a totally new cast, totally new story. That's why it's not called Coliseum Two. Um, but you know, it was weird for branding. Uh, but yeah, it was a cool game. Uh, it has never left the GameCube. It has never been ported or remastered on anything. Um, honestly, I, I kind of hadn't thought about the game in a really long time until earlier this year, and I was trying to find a way to play it. Uh, it's it's definitely cool. It's one of the games that I have like such a intensely strong, fond memory of. And uh, it's, it's very fun. It does wear thin towards the end because it gets very difficult. But I, I really like the game. I think it's awesome. And it's such a cool, different take on the format uh, while still feeling like a worthwhile big Pokemon game to play on your big TV. So, right, right. I mean, who can be mad at that? that? What I remember about this coming out, because uh, I didn't play it that much, but... I just remember that you were so excited because it was the second time that we saw 3D Pokemon uh, after Pokemon Snap. And it was the first game where we're like, oh, finally, this is now we're going to get to see all of them, um, not just some of them. <laughs> you know, Pokemon Snap didn't have all the Pokemon that were out at the time. Right. Um, and also, you felt like, oh, now we're going to use them in a real game, you know, not just right. a not just a weird side game. It's going to feel like, I mean, it ended up being a weird side game in and of itself, right. but you still battle the time. Yeah. You could still actually battle with them, which was, which was really exciting. And we were just so freaking excited to see all the different 3d 
Pokemon doing moves and stuff. We that the ones, especially the ones that weren't in Pokemon Snap. So yeah. I just that. Yep. I think it was really, really exciting. Hell yeah. I was so yeah. pumped. Never, never before or since. Like, like the GameCube has single-handedly been two of the most excited I've ever been in life. And that was Luigi's Mansion at EB Games and the release of Pokemon Coliseum. Like, See, I think so, the most excited I ever was for a game possibly was Chippendale Rescue Rangers on the <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> I remember there was a, uh, a, a single picture of Chippendale Rescue Rangers in this one Nintendo Power, and I was like, lose it. I lost my ever living mind and then it was it was so long before it actually came out and i remember every month i was like checking it for new rescue rangers you're update. like oh my god is it out yet yeah. also uh uh bo- both turtles 3 and turtles 4 turtles in time for the super nintendo those were like oh, oh yeah i can only imagine the Mega hype, man x, uh, Mega man x1 Mega man x1 mm-hmm. yep i remember that yep there was like certain. There are like a. There is a small number of games that I was like beyond. I couldn't even think of anything else. Like all, like all I wanted in life was the game to come out. Right. Yeah. Funny. But it yeah. Yeah. Pokemon yeah. Coliseum, man. Coliseum. Now, was there a sequel to that? Or no, is that well, the so, only one? So it, like I said, it wasn't a sequel, but it was like. A spiritual successor that was called Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, yeah, yeah. and that was on the GameCube as well. Oh, okay. All right. It plays exactly the same. same. Shadow Pokemon, all, the whole nine, but totally different story, different characters. Um, but yeah, the series died after that. You know, it's just oh, those that's two. that's unfortunate. I know. It, it would have been yeah, really neat to keep that like aesthetic alive in, in a modern sense. Right. Right. What about you, Parasite Steven? All right, so my first one um, is a series that is one of my most beloved series going back to the Super Nintendo, and that is F-Zero. Um, this Hell is, yeah. Yeah, yes. this is F-Zero GX. F-Zero GX is... Uh, I'm never, I'm not, I mean, I'm never going to be able to say I like an F-Zero game more than the original because it's just nostalgia and it's about, about the sprites and it's about how much I played it and all that stuff, but... Uh, this is definitely the F Zero game, technically. Uh, in all ways, it's just superior. It's really amazing, um, as as opposed to F Zero X, which came out on the N sixty four, which was pretty lackluster. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's this one's great. It's a really like a, it course corrected. It it did a great job. So it's the fourth installment of the F Zero series, but the first to be developed by a third party. It was actually made by Sega. That's uh, weird, but oh true. wow, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's also the first to include story and garage modes. Um, garage mode was, of course, when you could actually build your own racer out of components of other oh, racers, and then so there was cool. there was a bunch of like random canned parts too. There'd be like, oh, the wings and the spoiler in the front and the and the cockpit, and you know the afterburner and just different stuff like that. Right. Um, and um, it was the first. Uh, it was the first game outside of Japan to feature the custom-built racing machines. Apparently, but yeah, the um, the garage mode was extra fun too because you could put you could create your own decals. It was like a grid 
sort of a little thing and you could save them as uh as decals and you could mirror them for the other side of the machine those little uh, pixel art things yeah do little pixel art things that's cool kind of position them and paste them onto the sides and the top and it was really really freaking fun so uh there are 30 main playable racers with an additional 10 that are unlockable so 40 freaking players which is you know compare that to the original f-zero which had four <laughs> pretty insane um and in uh, this this always blew my mind every single one of them uh every single one of the racers was like its own character with its own backstory and they even gave each one of them all 40 had their own theme song and the theme songs you would hear you could you could go into the section of the menu and you could check out the um like racer profiles yeah like the racer profile so because you never really see the racers themselves you see the cars mm. but there was a specific they put like all this effort into making the actual like pilots into characters which was really not necessary but it's kind of what i love about f-zero it's one of the thing one of the things that i love about f-zero it's just it's it's very unique and very extra totally unnecessary but the freaking theme songs they even added where you're just like reading the little paid the page of bio that they've written for these 40 freaking out of nowhere random ass characters um they each had their own freaking song and they're all different types of music i mean the genres spanned like every genre on earth basically was represented within these four within these 40 um so insane i remember uh my favorites uh were uh character billy and he was just like kind of death metal almost there was a character um leon who was like this fox sort of looking kind of alien he wolf. is the hero no hero. So that that wasn't that wasn't him oh that's that not was, leon no that's not leon that's oh um, no leon was like yeah he is the hero guy who was that uh that was like james mcleod oh yes it was the fox mcleod like wannabe dad like it was supposed to be fox mcleod's dad but it was not canonical and it didn't make sense because he was a man Right. No, he's not actually supposed to be part of the Star Fox story. He's just like a reference. He's he's, he's okay. Yeah. He's, right. Yeah, he's yeah. made to look and like the, Star Fox. And the car, the 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 race, the racer itself is the uh, looks the like the R wing. Yeah, it's the little wyvern, and it looks like the R wing. Yeah. So it's just a fun like you know reference. But yeah, you're right. That's the one. <laughs> that had like actual vocals. He is the hero. <laughs> he the fighting and super like it's just so silly <laughs> so fun out like we would spend like way too much time just we'd oh go god into that yeah menu and just it was go like a sound test yeah it was the i mean funnest it was so, so many good songs throughout the oh. whole fucking thing they yeah, put it was no, it was attention to detail like it's nothing really you've insane seen. it's really insane and i know that they had an anime and I didn't watch it, but I assume that a lot of the characters made it in there. But did I don't, they? I, don't I didn't even know that. Yeah, I believe there was an anime, but uh, I, I definitely. Oh, F Zero GP Legends, but that yeah. I think came out quite a. Oh, that did came out two thousand four. Yeah, oh, I should watch this. Yeah, so this was two thousand three. Um, but anyway, so um, kind of fun. So the same year, uh, an arcade counterpart came out called F Zero AX for like arcade x 
um, which was an amazing looking machine. It was a full sit down, like you're immersed in the whole cabinet. It's really, really cool. Um, AX featured a time mode and various concessions to the arcade platform, allowing you to, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't actually know that much about it, but I know it was like slightly different. And, um, and one of the neat things was there was a, a slot where you could put in your GameCube memory card. So you'd insert your memory card and depending on your save file, uh, it would like give you access to certain extra tracks um on the on the arcade machine so like how insane is that that's so that fun that's crazy super cool yeah yeah um and i never knew this arcade even existed yeah it was very it was rare in the united states like extremely rare i think there were two machines oh, like, yeah, like <laughs> no fucking buddy had it. i knew it existed but i never saw him but really really fun i would have loved to play this in a big sit down immersive cabinet like that oh my god that right was awesome but um it's pretty funny um years and years later fans discovered this um it was never meant to be anything that you're supposed to find at all but apparently the entire slightly different ax version is actually on the gamecube disc it's hidden it's it's in there and you can access it using um either a pro action replay or the game shark you ha there's like specific codes that people figured out somehow. I don't know how this happens. I don't know how people do this, but they they figured it out, and you can um, you can unlock it, and it's like F Zero AX, and you're playing the arcade machine itself, but it's just on the GameCube because it was wow. slightly different. There was you know different whatever different tracks and different whatever, but um, I know it had less characters, but I don't think there were any new characters that were exclusive to the arcade or anything like that, but. Totally random, right? Like super weird. But yeah, that's really cool. I lo I loved I loved this game. I played yep. the ever living crap out of it, and I was so disappointed with F Zero X. Like it's insane. Like, oh my god, I was so disappointed. I hated the, the I hated the look of it. I hated everything. I just was the only thing that was fun was unlocking cars, and uh, and they all sucked anyway. They all looked so boxy and N sixty four y and and yeah. whatever so they yep. definitely looked better on the gamecube and uh i also i should mention that the 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 racers had like stats that um you know that, that mattered and when you made something depending on what components you used it would affect the stats and so you'd have like you know your grip how it would grip the track uh would be different the handling the speed the, all that stuff the weight and um yeah, my my favorite car by far in this game was my favorite from the original game, which was the uh, the Wild Goose, the green car from the original game. And yep. I am telling you, I tried to like another car better. I'm like, I, I can't out of 40 racers, the original my my original favorite cannot be the best. And I would try all the different cars and I'm like, my God, it it honestly is about how it handles. I, I have played every car in this game many times, and I keep coming back to the Wild Goose. It's just my favorite. So it is what it is. Yeah, I remember the Little Wyvern was... Goose. Yeah, I remember the Little Wyvern uh, was just way too light. And it, it was, was wicked just, fragile. It would, like, smash. Yep. It was super fast, but it was super light, and and it would... Yeah, it had, like, no energy. So the shields, I believe. Right. 
but it was just kind of crappy. But anyway, F zero F zero GX definitely. Uh, I think the probably the best F zero game technically, um, and I think the last one that that ever came out too. I believe it's the the final one because there were a couple for Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. F Zero GP Legends and F Zero Climax, I think, came out around the same time or a few years after. Yeah. But they were they made no splash at all. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. Really and I I loved of... them. They were great. They were sprite based and everything. And F Zero um... Maximum Velocity was the one that we owned. That was a uh, a launch game for the Game Boy Advance. And yeah, then... that one. See, I I remember that one and. I did. I don't think we had GP Legends. But I think climax. we had the, the Climax. I think we had those two. But yeah, they were really fun and they were sprite based and and it was just a total throwback. I was just kind of bummed that the 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 racers didn't didn't look better in those games because they they were like like slightly off brand versions of the original four mm-hmm. um, in the in that first one. Yeah, maximum um, velocity. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and and they were just I don't know. It's like the charm is gone for me because I just love the original. So if, if you're going to make four cars that are that close and that are following the same basic colors, which is like blue, green, yellow, pink. Um, I don't know. I just want the originals. Like, I don't know. These right. are just like slightly off and it's just yep. like, uh, I'd rather yeah. them be totally different. And I, I believe in the sequels, they were like completely different uh, racers and everything. I don't even think the original characters were in those two games either. I remember uh, Captain Falcon showing up and being on the cover of GP Legends. So yeah. yeah, I feel like Climax did have the characters, but yeah, Max Velocity did not. Yeah, it was just like here's some here's some ships. Yeah, just just a different take on it. But it was really fun. I had a lot of a lot of lot of fun with Maximum Velocity for sure. But GX I think is the best technically overall. Um, but yeah. That's my first pick. Nice. Oh, yeah. it's a Very nice. Pick. I've only played the uh, the Super Nintendo Super Nintendo one. Mm. Um, I I sucked that one, but I, I I liked it a lot. I thought it was really fun. Um, I did play the uh, F Zero X on the N sixty four on the Switch. The uh, the virtual the, console. Yeah, on the console, and uh, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I played, I played the first level, and I don't know. It was just bland. There was like nothing to it, really. Yeah, the looks, the look of it, just it's just, I mean, it's just ugly, man. Yeah, like, it's ugly. I mean, and not even just that. I mean, like overall, it's like there's like nothing to it. Like the gameplay just wasn't fun. The mm. the the tracks. Mm. don't seem very interesting or anything. I mean, yeah, sure, it does like a lot of like loops and all that stuff. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. The, but, the, yeah. the original was... And it's funny because it's not like the original looks so good either. It's just very simple. I mean, it's mode 7 the game, basically. But the, the sprites of the cars were just always like really charming to me. I just, I just really liked the look of that game. I like the... Um, the music especially the music in the original f-zero is just like unparalleled it's one of my favorite video game soundtracks of all time easily um yeah. I, I don't know there's just something about that yep. game I, I mean i it was a launch game for the super nintendo yeah it was very different for a nintendo game like i'd never seen anything like it uh i'd never you know there was no racing game ever ever that looked like that you know the mode seven tracks were just so impressive at the time and 
you know, I mean, I, I just, there's something about it that just clicked with the gameplay. I just really enjoyed it and stuff, but yeah, it is, it is a, you know, it, when you keep, you know, your heart of heart, uh, series, like, you know, the ones that are the most important to you that you just can't, can't get out of your heart, no matter how many years go by mm-hmm. between you playing just, it or whatever. Just one true. It's like, no, F zero F zeros feels like a series that is it's one of those for me but really it's mainly that first game um technically but gx is superior i i just gotta admit it it's just you know a preference i still just love the original but yeah good stuff try try f0 gx it's really good yeah for sure real quick about the uh the f0 uh box art uh, you know, like the, you look at the back of the box, and they show like graphics, and they talk a little bit about the game, whatever. But with F Zero, it's a it's a comic strip, which I think it's <laughs> pretty. Uh, that so is pretty neat. super cool. So neat. That is really neat. Because this I mean, game, our, our audience can't so see it, but much... everyone else here can see it. <laughs> It yeah. had so much attention to detail. They wanted to make these characters like have all this backstory, do this Star Wars esque racing league of you know oh, so rogues weird. gallery, all these different people, and it's like, man, you know what a what a bummer that F Zero didn't spawn more like expanded universe stuff because holy yeah. shit, like comics or you know uh, uh, anime that got like more of a run or anything like that would have just been awesome there's so much yeah. to pull from like they clearly yeah. Yeah. thought about a ton especially with f-zero gx like you said with all these racer profiles like you yeah. have all these different characters that have like oh, inner workings between each other that yep. like you don't really see any part of yeah, it i know they're like oh the this guy is the villain of this guy and it's like right like right. super arrow is actually like this legendary hero and his wife is one of the racers too and like their main nemesis is this other character the skull and it's like none of this matters like right. none of it don't matters. get it's to so see extra. any of yeah. this shit it's yeah. so strange but yeah and it's like they yeah. thought about it I, I really wish that f-zero would get uh, a new a new shot at life because uh man it's it's been dormant since 2004 I know it's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. So crazy. So and crazy. no, we don't count the stupid little mini game from the the Wii U's uh, Nintendo Land that was F Zero themed. That does not count. <laughs> it's neat, right. but that does not count. I've yeah. never actually played Nintendo Land. <laughs> yeah, I've I haven't gotten to play it either. But just kind of had no interest. Um. All right. So that's awesome. Uh, thanks, guys, for that. Uh, my next pick is Tales of Symphonia. Which is oh, I just dropped that bomb. <laughs> I just love this game so much. Yeah. I think I've spent more time on this game than any other RPG that I can think of. I think I spent 120 hours on it, and that's trying to do everything in the game. And what what really appealed to me about this game was the gameplay itself was for me was unique. So I've never played at the time. I've never played a Tales of game, and uh, the, the very first Tales of game was Tales of Fantasia, which came out in the Famicom. We never got it here until a a remake of it on the Game Boy Advance. Um, but I, I, this game is so good. It's like it's not turn based. It's uh, it's I don't know how, how you put it. Like, I don't want to say live action. It's not live action. It's more like real, real time is what I'm looking for. Okay. And uh, real time, which is 
now my preferred style of RPGs. Um, I thought the game looked beautiful at the time. I thought it had like the best cel-shaded graphics at the time. Um, I love the voice acting. It's so good. Um, you can play as four four characters at once. You can sw- you can switch off characters during battle. Um, the story is excellent. I love the characters. I love the set of moves that each character has. And you can play as so many different characters, and it's just so good. Like I well, I, I love the uh, the battle system the most, which is what matters because you know. I mean, the story is fantastic, too, but I know you want to play the game, so the battle is really, really cool. For me, it was really interesting. Each character had his own special attack, and in order to do that, you had to set it to a certain button. Uh, one of the, the main attacks was, um, it's like a, like a ground claw type thing, like, like Donatello's special movement. Ground claw. Uh, ground claw. I forget, I think it's fang, something fang. Something yeah, fang. they were always like Fang, like yeah, uh, something Fang. It's like like in every game that move is in this. Or something. Is, I don't know. It's like a series thing. It's like every character, main character has that move, and uh, and you can like upgrade and everything. It's just really really cool. You can like do melee, uh, like melee combination attacks, uh, special moves, and all that stuff. It's just really really cool. Um, you can combine moves kind of like with uh, Chrono Trigger. Um, which I thought was really cool. Uh, the game also spawned a uh, a sequel called uh, Dawn of the New World, which was not nearly as good. Yeah, that game um, did some weird ass stuff, and it was on the Wii. And I remember they tried yeah. to make it. They tried to make it like Pokemon, like you could save monsters that you fought and add them to your party and do all this other kind of shit and i was like okay hold up that sounds kind of all right but i never got a chance to play it so yeah i have it and i i i want to say i played through most of it and then i just lost interest i don't know it just didn't it didn't grab me by the nuts like the first one did i mean the first one (laughs) really grabbed me by the nuts it was damn boy calm down calm down there did you guys um, know that there was a uh, Tales of Symphonia GameCube like system release that was uh, its own color? No, no, I don't yeah, think so. Appar- Is it blue? I, I just, uh, no, it's toothpaste. That's that's what I I sent it to you guys in Messenger. It's like a pale oh, pale, pale, pale pale green. Oh, we're we're looking this up right now. We're we're live right. Oh wow. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, that there? color has nothing to do with the game. I mean, not, like nothing on the box art is that color. Was there a lot of. Was there any uh, to- toothbrushing uh, mini games? There was this one toothbrushing mini game, but it got cut for the American release because oh. Japan, you know, was like <laughs> oh, see, probably this, like we this, wouldn't uh, like it. This is oh, that Japan. is bizarre. Holy it, crap! Honestly, it's yeah. kind of terrible. Like I it don't like I don't like the picture of Lloyd that they put on the top either. It just looks like someone straight up cut and pasted that. Like it doesn't <laughs> look good at all. Um, like, is this even legit? Like it's definitely it, yeah, legit. Sure. I mean, oh my god! Oh fuck! It came with the Game Boy Player baked on. Wow! When did this even come out? I didn't think the Game Boy Player was out when Tales of Symphonia came out. No, what? Definitely what, not. It, what 
It is. Oh, it, it definitely was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's right there. It clears there. purple toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. dude. All right. Holy um, crap. That's terrible. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. So I, I never played this game. I always remember you talking about how much you loved it. But I got to say, the graphics still look good. Yeah. Like I was just looking up, as you're talking, I was just looking up screenshots. Um, they they really, really still look good. You know what? Actually, the graphics style sort of reminds me of a little bit is the second Valkyrie profile, um, Silmaria. Mm-hmm. It sort of has that cutesy, um, really but refined looking um anime look to it it's really yeah really nice looking game still yeah, definitely and i guess they're they're doing a remaster that's coming out for the switch yep it's actually coming out for uh all the current consoles this is coming out for ps4 nice. uh uh let me see hold on hold on uh ps ps4 xbox one and switch okay so not current current because <laughs> no ps5 and uh whatever version xbox has now yeah um that's coming out in the first quarter of 2003 so everyone will have a chance to play this totally awesome game yeah that's really fun um they did eventually release it on uh playstation 3 okay um i'm not i think there was a i don't know what the the difference is i don't know if it's kind of like a a definitive version of it at the time where there's, there's more content or something. Um, I'm kind of. I'm assuming that's what this re-release is going to be. It's gonna be like it's going to be like that, but like slightly better graphics and all that. Hmm. Well, I think it's cool that it's even getting mentioned. Like the, you know, it's like we're we've talked about like the Ninja Crusaders and um. Or the nin- no Ninja Warriors and like Pocky yeah. and Rocky and stuff like that, where that company Wild Guns, that company whoever's doing that, Tim, you know, Taito. The, I mean, oh, it's just Taito. Like that's yeah, so. Yeah. It's like these are games that we always held in reverence, but are not really games you hear people talk about really. So it's it's just right. insane that they're doing that. But yeah, this this feels like a my God, I've never heard anyone talk about this game as much as you, Joe. Yeah, this is like one of your games, like for sure. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, Chrono Trigger was my favorite RPG mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, I think definitely Tales of Symphonia is like possibly my favorite. Yeah, if not, it's very close to Chrono Trigger. Yeah, um, and I did uh, play through Tales of uh, Vesperia. Yeah, and. Uh, so goddamn good. It's like, yeah, it's, it plays just like Tales of Symphonia, same same way, just different characters and different story. It's just really, really good. Um, I know that one came out on, uh, I want to say PlayStation Three. Tales and of Vesperia maybe... actually was originally an Xbox Three Sixty exclusive. Yes. It was an exclusive, which is why I had never ever got to play it. And then, and then now, uh, it has been released. Uh, you know, the Tales of Vesperia HD, you know, remaster is on, you know, Switch, PS4, yeah, PC, yada yada. It's on everything. But yeah, it was originally right. a 360 only game when that, and <clears throat> that was during the period where like the 360 was getting a lot of really cool exclusive RPGs, 
And because Microsoft was really like, this is a gap. We don't have these. Um, we want to we want to address that. And they really only did that with the 360. But um, yeah, people people really love Vesperia. I have that on my Switch. I actually want to I want to start playing it soon. It's so good. I played it a lot during uh, the downtime from COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> from the very very beginning. So. Really, really, really fun series. I highly recommend. You know, if you have time or if you enjoy RPGs, the Tales of series is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really is. So good. All right, 8-Bit Alchemy, give us your Hello. final pick. Hi. Um, so oh, hi I know you guys are probably sick of hearing about RPGs, so I'll try to keep this short. Uh, sure. But the game that I want to talk about second is an extremely important game on the GameCube, and that is Paper Mario 2, The Thousand Year Door. Um, so this is this game is super important for a lot of reasons. One, it has never left the GameCube. It is one of the biggest games in the Mario, Paper Mario franchise, and Nintendo just will not re-release it or anything so still to this day is only playable on the original gamecube um it is the sequel to the original paper mario which was a very popular game on the n64 which was in in of itself a a a spiritual intended uh next in line to super mario rpg on the super nintendo uh which is a game that a lot of people like a whole lot and for good reason because it's amazing um but paper mario 2 the thousand year door on the gamecube is amazeballs it's so (laughs) goddamn good and i feel like the thing i have to say about Paper Mario and Paper Mario 2 that I don't really say about a lot of games. The writing is fantastic. It's funny as hell. And it is very clever, very witty. All the characters have a great, you know, just sensibility to them. You you get so much of a flavor for the world that you're in with the the style of writing. Like the writing is great. Um, So this game came out. It was developed by Intelligent Systems and released in 2004. Uh, And the story basically involves Mario getting a treasure map sent to him by Princess Peach, who on her own has gone to this town called Rogueport. And she is interested in trying to find the legendary Thousand Year Door. So she sends the map to Mario and tells him to meet her there. And when Mario shows up, Peach is gone. Turns out, whoopsie doodle, she's she's been kidnapped, but not by Bowser. Uh, the bad guys this time around are a villainous group called the X-Nauts, who have their whole own operation and their base is based in the outer space on the moon. And they also wanted to steal the map and find the thousand-year door for themselves. Uh, the you know basic premise is you know Mario, with the help of a few friends, uh, deciphers the treasure map and has to track down the seven crystal stars needed to open the thousand-year door pretty you know by the numbers mario you know set up you know you got your MacGuffins, you got your thing you're trying to do it's all right there um but then you know it's it's don't don't worry about it just enjoy every amazing beautiful area that you get to explore and all the characters you get to meet and all that fun stuff so paper mario for those of you who don't know is a fully turn-based rpg game unlike tales of symphonia it's not action-based there's no you know real-time you know attacking but what makes it very cool is something that they borrowed from the first super mario rpg is that every time you fight attack use your hammer jump on an enemy in battle you can time your button presses to 
do extra damage. So when you watch Mario do his animation to jump on a guy, if you hit A at the right time, you'll deal extra damage and bounce off them and hit them again. And there's like, uh, when you go to use your hammer, you have to hold the control stick in a certain direction and then you charge it up and release it at just the right time to deal extra damage. So the game has a ton of different little active components to all of your attacks, which makes doing them all that much more fun and engaging. Like you're constantly on your toes to be like, okay, I don't just hit attack. I actually have to do the button command at the right time. And it's it's really fun. It's really tactile. It's very fun. Um, I, I love this style of like turn-based hybrid with like active button pressing going on. I, yeah, um, I love that too. It's, it's so much fun. It really adds extra level and it makes you feel like you're getting good at at the execution of attacks, not just like leveling yep. up. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I definitely love that in... Uh... Mario RPG. That's, oh, yeah. that's where yeah. I first really noticed that. Mm-hmm. That made it so much fun. And uh, yeah, you're you're not just going through the motions of the same turn-based battle shit over and over again. Yeah. It's constantly making you have an active role. Yep. And I, I don't quote me on this, but I want it for some reason, I feel like the Breath of Fire games, like Breath of Fire 1 and 2 on the Super Nintendo maybe had active button presses, but I... I I just have like a weird feeling, but it's not a common thing. Um, it's definitely indicative of the Mario RPGs. Um, but, uh, you know, so so the reason why people love Paper Mario 2 is because it just built on everything that made Paper Mario 1 amazing. Now, for those of you who aren't initiated, the rest of the Paper Mario series, which is not a small amount of games, there's Super Paper Mario, Paper Mario Sticker Star, there was Mario and Luigi Papercraft, and then there's been... Uh, paint splash and uh origami king there's there's like five additional games that came out past this they all did away for the most part with the core mechanics that made paper mario so much fun in the first place Mm. so paper mario 2 you have experience points you have leveling up you have party members that you recruit that all have different personalities and different stories they all are have different abilities that you can use while you're exploring to solve puzzles some of them you know just tell you information about where you are um you can find all sorts of equipable badges that give mario extra moves in battle um there's all kinds of cool stuff and when you level up your character not only do you get a level and sometimes gain a little bit stronger uh, but you can choose whether or not you want to upgrade Mario's maximum health, maximum flower points, which is essentially their magic points, and or or you can choose to upgrade the maximum badge points, which allows Mario to equip more badges. Uh, that's a really fun example of player choice, deciding how you want to upgrade your guy as you go. The rest of the games in the series do away with that 100%. They that is just need those. not a thing. There's they don't no, need no stinky badges. They don't that's need the, no stinky badges. And you know what? That's just the it. They do need them, and that's why nobody likes the rest of them. Oh. No. Uh, now, I will say the rest Write of the that, series... Reverse it. rest of the series has plenty of charm, plenty of wit, plenty of great writing. That has never changed, but the core gameplay just changed way too much. Um, the other thing that's neat is that in Paper Mario 2, uh, you also unlock abilities that make use of the fact that he is made of paper. So you get you get the ability to fold yourself into a paper airplane to cross long distances. You can flip Mario totally sideways to go one dimensional and move like back and forth in between buildings and stuff. Um, and you can also roll him up into a like a 
a paper tube and just start rolling down stuff to get momentum and and you know do these certain different tricky platforming areas uh that i think is a really fun aspect of it um it's tricky and i just it's tricky and in general the game is just phenomenal if if there's you know one you know game to play in the whole paper mario series it's the second one and that's why it's just so weird that nintendo has just ignored it i mean it came out in 2004 a lot of these games came out in 2004 it was a banner year for the gamecube i mean damn uh but yeah there there is definitely something that be said about the magic of paper mario 2 and i will talk to you a little bit more about it a little bit later uh but i will uh i will cap off my my rant about paper mario with uh fun fact that developer intelligent systems is also known for a wide array of standout titles in the nintendo pantheon including all of the fire emblem games all of the WarioWare games, all of the Advanced Wars games. They made Mario Paint for the Super Nintendo, Duck Hunt for the NES, and they also co-developed alongside Nintendo R&D 1, Tetris Attack, and Super Metroid. I mean, these wow. guys have a pedigree. They are god-tier Nintendo staff. God-tier. Uh, god-tier. And, and Paper Mario is one of my most favorite games. I... I have played it on the N64 way too many times. They re-released it on the on the friggin' Switch Virtual Console, and I said to myself, "Self, for fuck's sake, don't play this again." And I, you know what? I staved it off for like a year, and then I played through the original Paper Mario again because it's just that good. And I feel like it would be the same way with Paper Mario 2 if it was more readily available. But alas, it is not. But I will celebrate it here because it is wonderful, and you all should know about it. Yeah, I mean, I I played the first one. I think I got to the last level until the game <laughs> kind of like fucked up on me. Um, this is on the, the Switch. Save. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you, like you in in Paper Mario, you can like use your hammer and you can like hit trees and rocks or whatever, and and it, they would reveal coins or whatever, some type of item. And I forgot which level it was. It was an ice level and you're walking around hitting stuff and I hit this one particular tree and the game just like shut off. Completely shut off. And it's like uh, uh, it had an error message saying uh, something went wrong or a file got corrupt or something. And I just got out of it and I started the, the software back up and my save state was like wiped. And it was not your just your save state. It wasn't like you were doing save and load on the on the emulated part. Like you had made saves in the game. In the game, yeah. And it deleted the save file. And apparently and, that's that's a thing. Like on that's the N64. A thing. That's apparently that I've game never has encountered full of glitches. That game that game is full this. of glitches. And what yeah. what I didn't know was that the Switch has its own save and reload features right you can save like, on the emulator oh, I, and just save at any time if i could have just done that <laughs> might have been all right but um yeah i mean back to uh, you know the whole point of paper mario is i i what i love about it is the fact that nintendo decided to take it in a totally different direction like they could have just done like another uh uh super mario rpg 
type of game where everything's like you no know, 2D and it's like sprite based or whatever. And they decided to do something a little different with it graphically and just make everything to paper. And it's like it's really unique. And yeah. I just think that that's really cool. And yeah, it's a it's a fun game. I've never played the second one. And I really want to. Because oh, you told me so much about while I was playing the first one. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't have it, but I'd like to pick it up if it's, you know, if I ever yeah. find it. I mean, the, none of the other ones do, like, partners, you you know, and they actually hit a point where Nintendo, like, directors are telling them, like, Paper Mario has always been known as a game that was creating new characters, creating new races, like, doing a lot to expand the world of Mario. And they yeah. hit a point where after after Super Paper Mario on the Wii, they're like, we need to, we need to like lock this down. Like, you guys can't keep making new races and new shit. It's getting too well, out of yes, hand. Yes, we can. And we so they legitimately can. like laid the hammer down. And so like Paper Mario Sticker Star on the 3DS is the first one that came out after that decree, and it is boring as fuck. It's literally like there's Goombas, there's Koopas, there's you know all the normal Mario enemies. There's no partners. The only you know new character is like this partner that's with this like I say there's no more partners, but she's essentially a glorified Navi from Ocarina of Time. She just bugs oh, you no. and tells you what to do. It's not <laughs> like she fucking does anything. And the yeah. whole game is based around using using stickers as items, and all of the abilities are consumable items. And it's just it's very very awful. I mean, mm. I had fun with the game once i adjusted my expectations but considering what had come before it my expectations were very high and yeah. uh man i mean they just they just did away with like everything no more leveling yeah. up fighting enemies only gives you money and you only need money to buy stickers like there's no the only growth potential in the game is like you'll find maximum health ups and they kind of just kept they carried that forward through a lot of the games this just kind of weird thought process like this is this is what makes these games special it's like no man like you guys you guys messed up somewhere along the way and then just like thought that was the right path and we're like yes more of this more of these bad decisions it's like no 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 what are you doing um i will say that paper mario origami king on the switch is a ton of fun but does just a, a lot of different stuff. It's it's really fun, but it's just very different still. But yeah, man, right. Paper Mario Two needs to get re released so bad. It's so good. Yeah, I'd love to play it. So good. Shizzle. Parasite Steve, what you got? Yes, my last pick of the day is a classic that I think a lot of people played on the system. Um, it was definitely, um, I. You know, so it's it's hard to remember back. I feel like when the system launched, people knew that this was going to happen. Uh, but I might be wrong about that. But then again, you know, the system had such a short life that uh, I think that might that memory might be true. But um, it was definitely a game I was beyond excited for. Really, really excited for this. Um, that's The Legend of Zelda, The Twilight Princess. It's actually not... Yeah. Uh, Twilight. It's just Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda: Colon Twilight Princess. The Legend of uh, Colon. Twilight Princess. So this was 2006. It came out. So uh, what what year it was? Uh, 2003 was the system. 2001 it came out. 
2001. Right. So, okay, there's no, no way yeah. it was in de- development for that long. But, uh, you know, for sure, I was really excited about this game for quite a while. Um, so it is developed and published by Nintendo. Uh, came out for the GameCube and the Wii, which was out at the time, although the Wii was famously not the better version. They just tried to tack on some uh, motion control sort of stuff for the nunchuck, and it just wasn't really that great, and people just ended up not really wanting to use that part of it. And the graphics were the same, so... Yeah. Um, GameCube's really the version. Um, so this time... In Twilight Princess, this time, Link is trying to prevent Hyrule from being engulfed by a corrupted parallel dimension known as the Twilight Realm. Pretty crazy concept uh, in this game. It's a very high-concept Zelda game that on the surface really looked like it was going to be a successor to Ocarina of Time. And in some ways it is. But the gameplay itself was uh, very different because it ended up being uh, sort of built all around this brand new gimmick. Um, each, uh, so yeah, so early in the game, Link gets transformed into a wolf. And he gets thrown in, in the slammer, in the brig. <laughs> and... Uh, Soon he is uh, freed by a new character who's basically the Navi of this game. A uh, nude she, character? A nude, new nude. The oh. mo- yeah, I mean, I mean, she is. She's not. She's, she's technically new, new it. She, well, new she it. she does have a big hat, but other oh, than the big true. hat, other than the big hat, she is kind of nude. Uh, Navi, we assume, is totally nude. She's right, just a ball of light. A ball of light. Um, so this new new character uh, called Midna who's this little black and white imp character with a very large hat um, <laughs> who uh, who offers to help Link as long as he'll be her slave and do whatever she says and not question anything ever. It's literally what happens. Yep. Uh, she guides him to Princess Zelda, who explains that the brand new villain, not Ganon, but Zant. Such Zant. a bad- <laughs> it sounds like that sounds like like an onomatopoeia that a comic book would use like boff or pow or something like for a laser right. be like zant i imagine it like the sound you sound that the the sound that gets made when you get an answer wrong on a trivia show zant yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, so he's very weird looking. He looks like he's wearing pajamas, and he also has a weird hat, although it is more of a helmet. And uh, it looks kind of—he kind of—he has chameleon eyes, like bugged out, looking in different directions. Chameleon eyes on the mask itself. Very weird yeah. looking character. Um, he's like this evil sorcerer guy, king of the the twilight. Twily or Twilly, I can't remember how they pronounced it, uh, has invaded Hyrule Castle and forced Zelda to surrender. And so slowly the uh, the Twilight Realm is imposing itself. It's bleeding into and taking over Hyrule. Um, so the game features nine dungeons, um, which are connected by a, a large overworld. So the, in that, it's very similar to um, Ocarina of Time. Um, but uh, as the gimmick, as I mentioned earlier, the main gimmick is that you know certain sections of this world are corrupted by the expanding Twilight Realm, 
And whenever Link enters one of these areas, he's transformed back into the wolf. And um, Midna, you know, uses him as as her bitch, her uh, her beast of burden, and she just rides him like a like a Clydesdale on Sundays with the <laughs> trimmings. I don't know. Mm -hmm. She's she doesn't she she just rides him. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Um, so you you your your new character is basically just a wolf with midna on your back, and you can you know you, you you don't have your sword, you can't do any of that. You can just bite enemies, and you're faster and stuff like that. Uh, but you know the the that section of the game is built around you being a wolf. So the problem that I had with this game was that it became way too formulaic. So there's you know nine dungeons. And you realize very quickly that it's like, okay, do a dungeon as Link, then do the part as the wolf, then do a dungeon as Link, then do the part as the wolf, and do the dungeon as Link, and do the part as the wolf. And it just mm -hmm. it just keeps, you know, making you do the same thing over and over. And, uh, you know, it, it is a good game, uh, for sure, but uh, it... I tired of it is, is, yep. is something that happened uh, with this one. Um, but, you know, it it is it is what it is, and uh, I think it's it it's a seminal Zelda game. It's a it's a great entry. The, the graphics were the best we had ever seen. I remember. I mean, I look back on them now, and they still look pretty good. But I remember when this came out, I was like, I I, I thought this was the pinnacle. This is like this you is know, the best you looking. Could, graphics you could never look better than this. It's impossible. Um, it it really really looked good at the time like yeah. really really looked good at the time and also i was happy that they were doing away with kid link i was like okay well you know that you know ocarina is fun all the way through but you prefer adult link right i mean obviously right and then majora's mask was like all kid link all kid and, link and then this is like okay Twilight this is Earth. all i mean uh wind waker was all tune link all, kid yeah link. and he looked like kid link so yeah. this was like, okay, we're going back to Adult Link. He looks the best. He looks perfect. They didn't redesign him drastically. He just looks like the Link from Ocarina. And, uh, you know, but a million times better. I mean, oh, my God, did the graphics in Ocarina not age well? You know, I mean, holy crap, it's so funny. Right. Um, but, yeah, he... Yeah, it, the graphics overall are just great. But, I mean, the story was was at least interesting it's not like it was the greatest story ever but it was interesting um you know learning because you knew that you didn't know stuff you knew that like midna was not what she seemed to be and you didn't know the whole deal with zant and then of course the ending ends up you know coming in it's like oh no ganon really is the bad guy zant's just working for him and uh or something like that or maybe he Maybe he didn't realize or Took something. Took him over, like controlled him or something. Something. But yeah. Zant also has a reveal because you see him without his helmet late in the game, and that's fun. And and the ending, uh, you, you get to see Midna in her true form. Um, and she's actually a full-grown woman. She was transformed into this this little imp. And uh, and I, I think she looks amazing. I, I I just love her adult design. I think Yeah, her human so form, her cool. like person form is so great. Yeah, she's and, in for like and two I, seconds. She's in it for two seconds, but she does get to be a playable character in the Hyrule Warriors games. Oh, just the first Hyrule Warriors, yeah. Yeah, she's, I forgot about she's, that. Yeah, she's in that, and that's really fun. Um, yeah. But 
Uh, there's actually a couple of playable characters from that. There's also the little girl who's obsessed with bugs, Agatha. You yep. uh, you can collect bugs and bring them to her. She's randomly in that game too. I was reading. I had no idea. Um, which is just bizarre because she's just a little girl. I don't know why she would even be in that, but anyway, right? It's fine. Um, yeah. So, um, Twilight Princess. It was, uh, in some ways, in many ways, better than any uh, Zelda I had seen, but um, it it didn't keep it fresh all the way through, and I did get pretty tired of it towards the end. Yeah. But, um, and I know it, it's funny because it's funny, not funny, but this game also. Uh, screwed up for you joe i know you were playing it and you <laughs> yeah. lost the quest on this game too so i'm like yep. was it your GameCube? like what the hell was yeah so the version that i played was the wii version and uh and like you said it was very very formulaic and it's just it got boring real quick for me mm. as far as gameplay goes and um so what happened was throughout the game you have warp cannons so yeah, there's only a couple. There's only like one, it, I think. It just it just I think it just was, I thought there was more than one. I think it just shoots you to the sky place. Oh, I think, there, okay. I think there's just one. Okay. So, I was in that room where that cannon is and uh and I had to stop playing, so I decided to save it and shut the system off. And I I eventually went back to it and I uh, loaded up the game and uh the game loaded up fine, but Link was not on screen. You can move around and stuff, but you couldn't leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so freaking weird. So that that kind of threw me off, and I was just like, you know what? Whatever. Right. I'm done. This. Wait. Uh -huh. So, so did you ever try it again, or was it just that one I, time? There was another. Um, I did have another save. I thought state. your game got like completely erased or something. No, I didn't get erased or anything. Um, I just couldn't play the file that I was further into the game with. So, I had another file saved that was like a couple levels beat. Behind, from where uh, I got to that that room, and uh, I was in the forest, and it was a, it was the part in the level where you had to like look for I don't know if it's a ghost or or so you had to look for some for this one one character three times. Oh, the pose. What? Well, yeah, I, was, I guess ghost guys that were like ghosts and they were the pose and they were throughout the world maybe yeah. it was just when it was teaching you about how to do that maybe or something yeah and they'll just like they'll just drop down and you have to do something before they went away or whatever i i don't remember yeah i think honestly I think was, I think but but problem. it was you had to find them in order to get out of the forest or something like that and uh they all disappeared they all freaking disappeared, and it's like I could not find them. There was a way how, how you can look for them, it's like some lights or something. I can't, I I'm, I'm remembering a something that had to do with the light. The room had to look a certain way mm -hmm. for you to know that this character was going to be there, and 
you would go into that area and nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. So I was aimlessly going around this forest area. Nothing was happening. Nothing. And I said, you know what? Fuck this game. I'm done. <laughs> You're done. So fucking Just, done. Uh, didn't didn't have a didn't have a good time. Uh, good this time game had a couple of really super creepy character designs that I just hate to no end. There's this uh, there's this dude Giovanni, oh, God. and uh, Giovanni was like made of gold, and he had like a bunch of gems crammed into his pants, and he had also gems crammed into his eyeballs, and he looked like a Coraline character, you know, with like oh, I buttons. gotta look this up now. <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, he he supposedly sold his soul to the imps, the imp pose, the imp pose for untold riches however they also changed him into a golden statue with gems for eyes and his cat gangle was fused to his head he now values his humanity over his wealth and asks Lankif to retrieve his shattered soul so all the pose that you kill were actually to try to restore this guy Giovanni oh my god he's so creepy and then I can't even remember what they're called. Do you guys remember the stupid chickens? With yes, the yes, the chickens. Goddamn things! Well, I, yeah. I don't remember what they were called. They're called like the the ukos or something. Like oh 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 my yeah uka. That's what it is. Uka and uku is like one of the characters or something. And like oh my god, it's it's literally the awful. Most- Fucking horrible to put your it, eyes on. So I mean, not this thing only, is so bad. It has a chicken body with the creepiest, like, humanish sort of face with no hair or anything like that, and and just droopy boobs with big, humongous nipples that are hanging <laughs> over the feathers. It is yeah, so like, bizarre like that this droopy is real. chicken tits droopy like, are tits. on this Zelda droopy character. And then it's they so have, weird. You think it can't get worse, and then you see the baby, and the baby is just an expressionless head of not a baby head, but like maybe a smaller child or something. And instead of ears, it just has flapping wings, and it just flaps and floats in place, and none of them have any expression whatsoever. They're just deadpan, awful. Oh my god, these things are nightmare yeah. fuel. They do not at all fit with the aesthetics of no. Zelda? No. Of any Zelda ever. None of them. It does not look like it belongs in this game. No, it's, it's so, so it's so out of left field. Freaking weird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I fucking hated that. And the the Sky Temple where you find them and you have to use Uka to like fly around or whatever. Yeah. Had that's what the, the that's what the cannon shoots you up. Yeah, to. the cannon shoots you up to the sky temple, whatever. That place had the worst goddamn music, and it was like the speech pattern of the uka. It was just this weird, like kind of like sounded like a voice, but just kind of doing like this mumbly kind of you know whatever. And it would just loop that forever, and just like you had to just listen to this horrible friggin' droning like vocalizations of these chicken people, and I'm like, oh my god, could you have made uh. anything suck more? This te- like so like I I enjoyed parts of Twilight Princess. The parts of it that really broke it for me were actually how the Wii motion controls worked. I thought they were really really janky and unreliable. And I remember there was one sequence where you had to, you were on like a carriage ride and you had to ride alongside the carriage to protect it. And like, if 
any fucking enemy attacked it, it was like game over. And so mm-hmm. you had to like be perfect and not have anything touch it. And I just, I remember the controller fighting with it so bad. And it was like, I, that was almost my breaking point. I tried mm-hmm. that carriage ride thing like 10 times or more. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. I, I am like, I hate this. And uh, whatever, but I eventually got through it. But yeah, there's so many parts of that game. It was very dark and creepy like Majora's Mask. But oh, those mm. chicken things are so, so, so weird. So two more things about Uka, and then I'm done with Twilight Princess. Okay, so so one, I'm, so I'm looking at a picture. Uh, she doesn't just have droopy boobs with humongous nipples. She has more. She has a total of eight droopy boobs. They go up her neck. She has literally four sets of nipples that are hanging down starting at at where like the middle of her neck is and they go down and become full boobs they get bigger and bigger and bigger what the fuck what who designed this character also in japanese uka goes unnamed and is simply called kind older lady the entire time what huh like you're just gonna pretend that this is a normal kind older woman and not at all a weird eldritch chicken boob it's Weird. it's like it's 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 madness. That's what this character is. Anyway, Damn. I hate it. Wow. I want to kill yeah. Fire. Uh, but yeah, Twilight Princess. Um, yeah, that's that. Nice, awesome guys. Well, that was that was really cool. Talking yeah. about some uh, some uh, GameCube games and uh, the system itself. Uh, that was that was cool. So now it's almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye. Let's go to this. And now it's time to dive off the edge of the map with another edition of... Dive Monster. The video game bestiary of annoying enemies that really need to just fuck off. What? Why, hello there, Retroids. It's your boy, 8 Alchemy, and I am here presenting you an episode of Die Monster. What? Are you sick of these yet? Well... I don't care, because we didn't do them that much, and I have a reason to do them. Have want to do it right now. Talking about Paper Mario in this here episode about the GameCube, and what game series, what game genre is better for having shit-ass enemies than RPGs? I I question you. So, I will uh, will give you two enemies, uh, one from Paper Mario 1 and one from Paper Mario 2, because I think that they are both worth talking about and i want them to die uh the first from paper mario one there is a single location in paper mario one with an enemy that is called the anti guy now you might know shy guys from mario the red guys with the creepy you know expressionless masks uh there are plenty of those in the game they're normal they're fine they're actually some of the coolest enemies but the anti guy is this one enemy that guards this particular chest you cannot get the chest without dealing with him and when you encounter him in the game if you try to fight him he will wreck your face like absolutely borderline harder than the last boss in the game will completely demolish you you have to if you want you have to come back and try to fight him way later if you bother uh but he really is like the only time that this game goes you shouldn't be here yet like this is too hard for you to deal with and it's just a chest it's like you can go through the whole rest of the place 
what I want to mention about this this guy, the anti guy, and why why it's so like it's it's cool, but it's also maddening. Is that my whole time I've known this game, I thought anti guy was just the hardest thing ever, and you couldn't deal with him. Only in my most recent playthrough of Paper Mario, there is a character in the game somewhere that mentions anti guy and mentions that he loves a very specific type of dessert and he loves it and, it, and they just they they describe what it is and in the town you can go and you can cook a you can cook with all these different items if you figure it out and you make the recipe for this dessert item and bring it to him he just happily eats it and goes away and he says thanks you're actually really nice bye and just leaves and you don't even have to deal with him and i never knew this and I was like, holy shit, are you fucking kidding me? There was a workaround for anti-guy this whole time? That's crazy. That's so nuts. Like, I, 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 I never knew about that. I, I, I always fought him. Yeah, I couldn't believe yeah. it. I'm like, I'm like, wow, that is, that's wild. I just, I, I kind of love that, but also I'm kind of like, god damn it, anti-guy. Why you gotta be that way? Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the other one I'll more. Mention, the other one I'll mention from Paper Mario 2, also in Paper Mario 1, are the enemies called the Fuzzies. Uh, oh, these God. appeared in some other Mario games. You know, they're kind of like the wacky looking, like squiggly zigzag little balls of fur with the oh, crazy kooky eyeballs. Yeah. And they just kind and of they, like, they, they, Mario, first they travel on us. like the lines in Mario yeah, World. Yeah, they're in Super Mario, Mario World, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So those Fuzzies, right? They are so much of a pain in the paper mario games they are honestly my least favorite enemy to fight because they they do a lot of damage they have a decent amount of health and whenever they attack you they heal for the amount of damage that they do to you so they jump on your face they bite your face and then they heal like you know five damage and deal five damage to you they're really fucking hard they're a pain in the butt but uh not only that but like I mentioned earlier, when you when you are getting attacked, just like attacking, if you hit the A button at just the right time, you can block the opponent's attack. But the fuzzies, they purposely give them like the most agonizingly long and annoying attack animation. So mm -hmm. they like they like wiggle around and then they jump on your face and then they make this long sucking sound like like I can't even I don't even know if that's audible. It's just like this like sucking noise. And then they like they just kind of like wiggle around on your face and then they eventually pop off. And it's it's so difficult to figure out they pop what off. is the timing here? When do I hit the button? How do I block this? So they suck. They suck and there's tons of them. And in Paper Mario 2, there's a whole area where they're a humongous problem. But as part of this die monster, like I did with Anti-Guy, I also have figured out the 100% workaround for making the fuzzies not suck ever again. So, you know, this die monster, you know, I, I hate them, but also I have solutions for you. So the, the fuzzies, there is a badge in Paper Mario called the Zap Tap badge. And what it does is if you equip it, any enemy that jumps on you or touches you gets electrocuted and they take one damage. If you have the Zap Tap badge on, the fuzzies are complete joke 
they can't do anything to you. They mm. jump on you, they try to bite you, they immediately get zapped, and they fall off, stunned, and that's it. You could just attack them and get rid of them, no big deal. Wow. And it's a badge that I never really played with on my first times through these games. So I never so messed with the you need those stinking badges. In Paper Mario 1 and 2, yes. It's huh. all the other all the other games that are the ones that don't have badges that need them. But man, I'm telling you what, it makes the world of difference. And I I really feel like those are the worst enemies in the Paper Mario games. The fuzzies suck. But uh yeah, it's all about the zap tap badge. Those those four or five badge points are totally worth it. Equip it and be thankful that you did. It's fantastic. But without those workarounds, I would tell both of these creatures to die monster you don't belong in this world so <laughs> that's what i got to say about that nice good nice. one nice yeah fuck those guys <laughs> i actually never knew that the fuzzies were called fuzzies i never knew what their names were right that's pretty funny yeah. nice all right well i think we did it guys yeah nintendo yeah. gamecube yes celebration that, that much, uh... 20 so woohoo 21 years old you know careful GameCube. don't don't go too hard you know you got you got 21 more to go you don't need to spend it all tonight gamecube just, just <laughs> get home safe okay we, we still love you safe. we still love you try to try not to eat too many beers down your cd tray mm. <laughs> all right so do we have any proms this week I don't. I mean, I, I mean, nothing major. Uh, you know, uh, I did do a couple of cons last few weeks. I was there with Rough House. That was pretty fun. Um, we were we were at Monster Expo, and then we we're at a smaller one called Hexpo, and uh, that was in Seekonk, Mass. And we had we we had some good times. We met some people. Uh, my all time favorite uh, cosplay probably ever. I saw at the at Hexpo. It was a guy walking around on stilts, dressed as a knight who says "knee." Nice python and the Holy Grail. And I do have pictures I can share. Uh, it was it was absolutely amazing. His his costume was insane. It was so perfect. He was walking around the stilts and he was carrying around a strawberry <laughs> and 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 hanging on one of the branches was. Herring. <laughs> that's awesome. So many references to that costume. I enjoyed it so much. Nice. So, that's amazing. But Black Honey and other unsavory things, my newest collection from Rough House, is available for pre-order. If you go to roughhousepublishing.com and you would like to throw some money at the thing before it exists, please do. It would be most appreciated. We would love that. And I would love that, and I would appreciate it. It's going to be awesome. I'm pretty excited. Uh, every story in that book has a, an illustration uh, going with it by Derek Rook himself. And uh, it's, it's, so it's 11 illustrations, 11 stories, and there's a couple different versions with uh, extras and all sorts of crazy crap. Uh, yeah, roughhousepublishing.com. New one's Black Honey. Please, if you're into horror and short stories and uh, maybe you just want to support your boy, uh, do check it out and uh, and consider pre-buying. It's pretty cool. Should be out hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah, Heck can't yeah. wait for that release. Yeah, 
I know. I pre-ordered mine. So. Yeah, like a bouse. Like a bouse. Like the bouse that you wear. Awesome. Uh, I will promote um, myself 8-Bit Alchemy. I do 8-Bit music, chiptune stuff on the internet. I have a YouTube channel. I have a SoundCloud. I have a Bandcamp with my first full-length album on there, if you're interested. I also am on Twitter and have a, uh, you know, big appetite for working on projects, working on things that people want retro style game style music for whether it's a game a podcast a show what have you if it's just something that you want for a fun ringtone i'll do it uh hit me up let me know check my stuff out and uh and you know have fun with it Mm. nice awesome all right that wraps up the episode if you haven't jumped ship by now we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that make growing up pretty darn awesome if you like what you've heard please hit that little subscribe button and like us on facebook and twitter that would be so rad as well as being part of the inebriart podcast network retro.plus is a full-fledged member of the dorkening podcast network so if you get a chance please check out our sister shows like throwdown thursday let's not with michelle and sam (laughs) the scream sisters and what is that noise? Oh, you heard that? Oh. Oh. That was just or you like little, that? Uh, it was just a little uh, gas. Uh, a little gas. For more information or to subscribe to these, uh, to us or these other great shows, please visit thedorkening.com and be sure to check out our killer sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. I'm dead. Bleh. I've been your host, Nintendo, and I got nothing fancy schmancy to say at the end. So, good night. Bye.